Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, Brian Danielson and Ricky Starks have a Texas death match. The Bloodline beats down Cena forever and ever and ever. Uh, some unknown assailants beat down Jay White and Yodosuji and Will Ospreay have a match of the year contender. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. At least in my humble opinion. That's a match of the year contender. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. I have thoughts, though. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. Don Fallis. And sitting, <laughs> just sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? <laughs> oh, that, that actually is good because that weaves me into mine. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. I'm going to come in. I'm going to come. I'm going to come. I'm going to come in. A beefer in. A beefer in my mind. And on that lovely note, I will ask for congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition the of the Band from Ringside podcast, here. volume 327, chapter 3, verse 14 of the Good Smart Say It, hashtag boo the heels. It is all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat, the holy trinity of BFR. Round one of PSP down the books, round two is BFR. I'm already warmed up, ready to talk a bunch more wrestling. Let's do the damn thing. And out there in Portland, Oregon, the biggest Drew Holiday fan in the world, we have Three Beers. Zach Bowman, what's going on, Three Beers? Zach. BFR West is in the house. Now, can you answer? Uh, hey, hang on. Can you? Do you know who Drew Holiday is? That is, um, he won the uh, WrestleMania main event in the Performance Center. Yes, that's right. <laughs> 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 he just got traded for Damian Lillard, um, but oh, I, I did know that. I just didn't know that. I just thought we just gave him away. I didn't know there was a trade. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's that's the right answer, uh, Zach. What's going on? Uh, not much. Uh, I took a sick day today. Uh, I probably sound like shit. I kind of feel like shit, but uh, can't miss the podcast. So I'm here. We appreciate your dedication. And sitting to my right, we have one of my oldest friends in the world. We have Vice. What's going on, Vice? How's it going tonight, guys? What I, up, uh, turd? <laughs> <laughs> funny, he's, funny he says that because I just dropped my son off at my ex-wife's house. And I walked in and she's like, hey, thanks for your help. And I go, what up, turd? <laughs> <laughs> now, this, that's where fuck so you we're comes having, in. Yeah, that's that's where tonight. fuck you comes that's where in. Fuck <laughs> we're having fun Just a, an extreme energy <laughs> here tonight. Uh, my wife is about to blow her stack. She is not here right now, but we are leaving very early in the morning for Kansas City. And guess who waits to, to do, all their la- do all their packing at the very end? Not this but not this guy, not your boy. Not Edna. your boy? Um, but, Edna. But any, yeah, Edna May, yeah. Uh, we are <laughs> so coming at you from, it's kind of humid out here in St. Louis. Uh, lots of stuff going on, lots of wrestling to get to. I was originally going to sit this podcast out, but uh, some things changed. Instead of leaving this afternoon, we're leaving tomorrow morning. So I caught up on all sorts of, I was like, I was going to take collision off. I was going to take SmackDown off. I was like, you know what? This is nice not to watch wrestling for a week and just fucking really reset myself. And then it was like, podcast is back on. I was like, Ooh, better, better watch eight hours of wrestling today. <laughs> Instead of working, I'm a sick, sick, 
Sick man. Also saw my boy JCB uh, Friday night celebrating my my wife and I's 11th anniversary. Uh, we decided to go to not a sponsor. <laughs> Sydney Street in Soulard, fine dining establishment. Jason Cornelius Bell was our server. Treated us like royalty. Getting my ass worked like a government mule at the same time. He was, he was busy, and at one point, my wife said to him, "Tria's like, we'll be your break table. Like when you gotta come over and take a breather." Because I, I want to. I'd like to think that we are pretty easy. the The meal, yeah. the meal was fucking. <laughs> just fucking fire and the dessert was and fucking fire the service was, you know but i mean <laughs> i was busy man I <laughs> the, the food was good that's, yeah, fine. Just that's, fine. that's impressive man i mean you guys have been married longer than velveteen dream girlfriend's been alive Ooh, <laughs> jesus <laughs> velveteen dream catching strays just catching strays everybody is locked and loaded tonight what the fuck is i'd like going to see a tag on? i'd like to see a tag team with velveteen Dream and Dane Cook. Uh, so, like I said, tons of <laughs> tons of wrestling. Dane Cook just got married to his. I, they met when she was seventeen. Like he was like forty six, she was seventeen. It's like they just got married. It's like oh, she's twenty four, he's fifty one or whatever. It's like they've been together for eight years. I was like, wait a minute, I was like, doing the math. I was like, wait a minute. He was her, he was her high school wrestling coach. <laughs> All right, let's get to that three. Let's get to that three count. So much wrestling to talk about, too. I'm not even high yet. Can I swear when I drink? All right, all right. I'm gonna listen. I gotta, I gotta bring this. I gotta bring this back down to earth. All right, all right. Let me get JCB. Kick it off. This is gonna be one hell of an episode. I can see this already. Um. Let's let's talk raw. Fuck it. I was going to say I wanted to talk New Japan, but we can hold off on that for thirty seconds. Um, pretty nondescript week of Raw, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, just some major stories to talk about. SmackDown obviously opened up with uh, John Cena, AJ Styles, uh, Jimmy Uso, so Sokol confronting uh, confronting them. They end up making a match for later on that. Not, I'm sorry, not later on that evening. It was supposed to be a fast lane match where Jimmy and Solo were going to meet AJ and John Cena. We can fast forward later on into the night where we see AJ Styles getting whooped on by Jimmy Uso and then splashed. It feels like he was jumping off of a truck of some sort, but a fairly high elevated platform with Solo Sokola splashes on AJ Styles basically eliminating AJ Styles from any and all competition. So the ultimate question is, who is going to be John Cena's partner? So John Cena comes out for the contract signing. He signs his contract and then proceeds to get stomped out by the bloodline. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, we have a locker room, locker room full of motherfuckers that probably don't like the bloodline. Somebody's coming out, right? Waiting. Waiting. Somebody's coming out, right? They were um, ba- they were back there playing spades, dude. That's what I've been doing too. I've been like, fuck this. I got I got five. I'd be like, let them eat. <laughs> no one else, John Cena. I said on Twitter, I'm like, okay, this is LA Knight's spot. It makes way too much sense, especially the week before when you have teased LA Knight and Paul Heyman interaction. This is LA Knight's spot. No L.A. Knight. Apparently, L.A. Knight had COVID, so that's why he was not on the show. 
So John Cena closes out SmackDown, getting whooped on by the bloodline. So did you find the segment effective? It, it was what it was. I mean, to me, I mean, yeah, we've seen it all before, but did you find it effective? No, because I'm still on the fact that Jimmy's part of this story still doesn't make sense. Now he's back in the bloodline. He's trying to he's trying to get back in Roman's good graces. Okay. It, we need to get Roman back up here and start establishing law and order. I'm sorry I took the week off and they made me work last week. And last week was a fairly calm and, you know, laissez-faire kind of platform. Not this week. Hell no. You cannot sit up here and tell me that Roman Reigns is not the stir, the straw that stirs this whole drink. He is the bloodline storyline. Jimmy Uso, Jimmy Uso can't do it. Jay is on the way, but he can't do it the way Roman can do it. We need Roman back to make this storyline work again. Did not expect Jason to come out as pro-cop, but here he is <laughs> asking for law and order. Uh, Zach, did you find the segment effective, and or who do you think is going to be John Cena's tag team partner? Uh, I think it's going to be LA Knight, and I think that's pretty fun. But uh, the weirdest thing for me was AJ Styles in the ring with John Cena and not Picking up John Cena, right? Right. Because that was like one of that was like the my favorite thing that AJ Styles ever did uh, in WWE uh, was that for sure. But uh, yeah, I think it worked. But I think Jason's right. The bloodline does last on the Jimmy Solo side without Roman. Jay does great, but the rest of the stuff it is just lacking. They they try to you know keep it going without Roman, but he really is the draw in that, like you said, the straw, the dirt, the dirt, the drink. Um, can I throw out an alternate? Just, I guess it is your podcast too. Could it be Randy Orton? You the QB. Could it be Randy Orton? Uh, Randy Orton has been spotted at the, I wish we could live in a world where, uh, these things are absolute fucking surprises, but Randy Orton was, uh, spotted at the performance center. Somebody filmed him outside. He looked at the person's can- he looked at the person's phone and he put his finger up to his lips as if to say shh, Shut the fuck up. like he wasn't supposed to be there. But I mean, the guy posted it with like a caption that said, "I was at the performance center and I saw Randy Orton and Randy Orton looked at me." Anyway, is that I, I, that's like the whole that's like the whole story. I don't know if he did or not, but that's just like the whole thing. Uh, it is a lot of speculation. Um, but it would be that would be very fun too. That would get probably the biggest pop, especially because what they're they're probably each other's career rivals, right? I would, in my mind, John Cena's premier rival is Randy Orton, uh, not The Rock, not Edge, but Randy Orton because they basically entered at the same time. Randy Orton came in a little little uh, earlier than Cena, but. Orton's been gone for 16 months. I was shocked to hear that num- to hear that number, but he's been gone for 16 months. Another thing that I'll point out here, uh, and I almost texted it to the thread, uh, the 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 BFR thread, but it has been Roman Reigns has defended the title once, maybe twice in the last. 170 days or something. He defended it at SummerSlam, and apparently he defended it in Mexico against Rey Mysterio at like a big, big time house show. You know, um, Orton has been gone so long they fired Riddle over it. I mean, that's <laughs> dude, basically dude, what happened. I, 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 no, 
no lies, hashtag facts. Everybody kept waiting for Orton to come back because we always thought that they were going to pick up that storyline when he came back, and it never ca- he never came back. And when the Orton, uh, when the Riddle came back, he was basically just there to take pins. Let's get to the Riddle thing in a second. Uh, Zach, did you find this segment effective? I found it. I, I guess I'm asking you guys this because I found it effective. It was very long. It was a long beatdown, and it looked like it was designed to get Jimmy his heat back. And from my perspective, it was successful. Zach, what do you think? I, I know it's kind of boring, you know, with guys that watch wrestling every week for fucking the last 20 years, but uh, I thought it was effective. Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it got the point across and you know we have a little bit of intrigue i think if it is la night and la night was out uh that gives it a little more intrigue because like it's weekly television now we're like who is the partner instead of if somebody would have come and saved him then we would have known who the partner was also right i also read that they were giving out refunds because la night got covid and Damn. L.A. Knight is big enough to give refunds back? He's refund big? Shit. That seems kind of strange. I don't know if they actually gave any back, but that seems like. There's that little note underneath that says card subject to change. Sorry, not sorry. You didn't get to see L.A. Knight. Uh, Vice, myself, uh, a couple of friends of ours, Tim Alvarez, a couple other guys, went to a Raw a long time ago, and we were Kurt Angle marks, and... Kurt Angle only came out to save Stephanie in a storyline that never went anywhere. And I tell you what, they didn't offer me my refund. And <laughs> they still owe me 25 bucks. That might date me on how, how fucking long ago it remember, was that raw tickets were 25 our, Remember what our sign said for that? It said, uh, he's that damn good. And it was three H's at the beginning of he because we were massive Triple H guys, too. I was probably, what, like 2000? Yeah, we had it spray painted on a um, tablecloth. Yeah, and they made us take it down because yeah, we were we were in the first row in the mezzanine and we were hanging it over the side. And they were like, you can't hang it over the side. So they took it away from us. Janine was pissed that we ruined that tablecloth. <laughs> yeah, it was my mom's good tablecloth. Actually. Oh, yeah. yeah probably she's probably definitely, not. Yeah, definitely pissed at you motherfuckers for uh, wrestling. Yeah. So, I mean, so now that now that the subjects now that the subject's been broke, uh, spades have been broken, uh, Matt Riddle. Would have been the if we would have been talking about Zach and I last week when Jason wasn't here. If we had been talking about the WWE releases, Matt Riddle would have been the biggest the biggest name on that release because he was on TV more recently than Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler got most of the headlines. Mustafa Ali also, but Matt Riddle would have been the biggest one. Do you agree with that, Jason? And what do you think about Riddle being released? Um, unfortunate for him because it, it feels like there's more than what we see as wrestling fans and what's really going on. It just it feels like there's a, a deeper rabbit hole going down there. Um, is he the biggest name? I'm going to say no. Uh, I still say it's Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler is more accomplished. Um, Matt Riddle, if you are like a hardcore wrestling mark like I am, you know Riddle has done – Evolve and other independent wrestling shows. He's done MMA, obviously. 
what what's Matt Riddle's biggest claim to fame when it comes to WWE? I mean, I don't think that's the point though. I think the point is is that he was on television very recently doing an angle with Drew McIntyre. Okay, and, and I understand that, but Dolph Ziggler can do that with basically anyone on the on the mic and in the ring. He obviously was valued enough, long enough to hang around for what, 15, 16, 17, some plus years, whatever the case may be. I mean, he survived COVID, a, a bunch of other, you know, layoffs and all this other shit. He went down to NXT, reinvented himself there. You know, if it wasn't for injury, he could have easily been a two-time world heavyweight champion. He was the sole survivor here in um Survivor Series when they came, Sting's debut. So, I mean, we can go on and on. I understand what you're saying. Riddle was more on TV. But when Riddle was on TV, what was he doing? He had a spoon in his hand, was eating pins left and right. It wasn't like he was. they were building him up to anything. He's he was up. just there to get other people over versus him getting over. It's Dolph Ziggler. Gunther stomped on his bare feet. <laughs> Zach, what, Zach, what do you think? Do you think that uh, Riddle is a bigger release than Dolph Ziggler? No, and I mean I think they're released kind of uh, different reasonings. Ziggler has been getting paid, I'm sure, seven figures for a long time, and they aren't doing much with him. So if you're looking at cutting costs, like that just makes sense. Uh, if you're looking to just do a household budget, right? You're looking like, oh, what's my what are my bigger expenses that I can get rid of? And I mean, unfortunately, he's expendable in that sense, even though he's super talented. Uh, Riddle just seems problematic in a variety of ways. So I'm sure you know he had a main roster contract. I'm sure he's going to pay decent money, but I don't think he was you know seven wasn't a seven figure guy. And he was also you know, they were they were going to always kind of do stuff with him because he was charismatic, but they were never going to go all the way with Riddle or anything either. So, um, you know, just kind of cut ties. He's, he, like I said, problematic. So uh, Ziggler was a bigger loss. I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't just, uh, I don't know, put him in a different role, like uh, move down to NXT. Yeah, not move down to NXT. Yeah, exactly. Not, not move down to NXT for wrestling, but just, yeah, backstage guy. Uh, Jason, what else happened on the main roster? Uh, we had a title match. EO Sky defending against Asuka. Um, Charlotte coming out was the the big surprise, I guess, even though she really didn't get involved too much until the end. EO Sky retains over Asuka. A tad bit of fuckery going on, but nothing too much to where I thought it cost Asuka the match. From this point, where do you go from Asuka? I've said this before multiple times, and I'll say it again now. I think as much as Asuka is accomplished and, you know, you can look at her resume and, and she's won this and she's done that, she feels like the most unappreciated of the bunch where every time you, it feels like you're going to get something good from Asuka in this kid's scenario where now this feels like more of the, the kind of Asuka that we have known in the past. You haven't gotten that. It's the face paint that looks like it, but the character is still the same. Her losing to EO isn't going to hurt her. She's over, and unless something catastrophic happens, she'll be just fine. I don't remember. Was it clean? It was queen-ish. Um Bailey got involved. That's when I just, I just, right when they announced this match, I was like, 
Charlotte's coming in. It's like this is not an actual match. This is not, uh, you know, Bill Ospreay versus Yoda Suji. This is not something that is going to be just a pure wrestler's dream. Uh, Zach, what do you think about the match? I thought the match was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Up until like the end, I, no, up until the end, I would pretty much agree. I like the match. Yeah, you don't really get too much of that uh, on TV. I feel like you get more, more and more of it lately, which is cool. There's some good TV matches on, well, on SmackDown, so I was into it. I didn't expect it. I didn't. I didn't look at the rundown beforehand. I, I knew that they were kind of building towards it, but I thought maybe for a pay per view, maybe they still are. But uh, yeah, it was good. Jason, what were the other big developments on the main roster? Santos Escobar and Rey Mysterio defeat the Street Profits. Uh, kind of surprising, especially when it felt like the Street Profits were getting built up towards some sort of made another title push. It felt uh, like we missed like four weeks of television with the Street Profits. It felt like they jumped into part two of the story before part one really got off the ground. Um. Well, I'll, I'll say this. With the backstage with Lashley, you know, undressing them down or whatever the case may be, I think that's – I think they're taking a step back. They never really felt like they had a legit heel turn. They attacked the Brawling Brutes. I get that. That was, a, that was the moment. But then, like, the next week they're coming out, and I think that was, like, the week, you know, the, the Bray Wyatt and um, Terry Funk week where they both passed. That was the week where it felt like an exhibition week. So they came out and they played like baby faces. And ever since then, they've been, you know, still coming out and playing to the fans. That ain't what they're supposed to be doing. They are supposed to be a heel tag team. Bobby Lashley is needs to be the heel leader of this. And they all need to come out and just womp everybody's ass in the way. I think ultimately this is the bump in the road that gets us the heel Bobby Lashley surprisingly good as a manager uh Zach what do you think about the Street Profits versus Santos and Ray yeah I I agree it seemed like we we jumped uh through the timeline here I like the idea of the Street Profits and the heel to kind of develop some characters but uh and I wonder I wonder how it's going to work but I yeah seeing with Bobby Bobby Lashley seems positive uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But it did seem like uh, they're kind of rushing this, whatever they're planning. What else happened, Jay? Pretty deadly. And had a nice little vignette, which led oh, to yeah. a <laughs> match between <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was <laughs> the biggest development of the week. When was I, that pretty deadly vignette? When Woo! I saw that pretty deadly vignette, I was like, okay, obviously they're close to coming back. And then Brawling Brutes versus Grayson Waller and. Um, theory were the, was the next match and i was like okay this is where we're going to see pretty deadly come back they'll interfere and then you know they'll cause bro and bruce Man, match it didn't you, happen but uh you can see they're on the way back go ahead sorry if you close your eyes and just imagine it when pretty deadly's talking you're like oh these guys are like edging christian they Very are just so. fucking clowns Very much like so. back when like 1999-2000 Edge and Christian. Yeah. Uh, that's what they remind me of. Zach, what do you think about Pretty Deadly? Future champs? They're, pheno- they're phenomenal. Uh, I think sooner rather than later in that regard. Mm. No, I meant singles champions. Like, Or do you think that they could beat Roman Reigns and share the Universal <laughs> Championship together? It's going to take both of them. That, that would be an angle, though. I would like that. 
would stack them up. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, who are these pretty boys? I like how they're leaning. I like how they're leaning into the Ridge Holland hurt them too. He was like, he was like, oh, and then they like close in on the shoulder, hitting the mat. Very funny shit. Very funny shit. The second hardest I laughed all week. The first one also involves somebody from Edge and Christian. It's not Edge. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I know where you're going with that, too. If it's what I think it is, then I was like, God damn, this dude has got zero conscience. Let's jump invite on. Invite Nick Wayne's mom. <laughs> no, you know what? I'll invite her. <laughs> I was like, God damn. <laughs> it's Talk about Darby to- Allen's uncle driving drunk, and now he's dead. Jesus Christ, Christian. Take it easy. Oh, my God. Heel all year. We'll, Jesus. We'll, we'll get to him. We'll get to him. <laughs> On the raw side. Um, I like how I just say everything I want. Then I'm, hey, guys, guys. We'll get to <laughs> it, all right? Settle down, motherfuckers. Everybody's <laughs> over in the corner. <laughs> me first. Me first. <laughs> acknowledge me. <laughs> we acknowledge you. You are our tribal chief. Cody opens the show. KO, Sammy, and Jay Oso come out. They and Judgment Day have a nice little confrontation. Um, I would not be surprised, and I and I when I saw the the ending of the segment where they had the four baby faces in the heel in the ring and the four heels outside of the ring, I would not be surprised that that is a Survivor Series War Games match in some form or yeah. fashion. It's it, it, especially with the way it feels like it's happening. JD McDonough should be the fourth guy. Rhea Ripley should be back. So you have Cody, KO, Sammy, Jey Uso versus Judgment Day and J.D. McDonough. I, I think that would be a really good Survivor Series War Games match. We'll see what happens when that comes out. Bronson Reed, once again, comes back and defeats Otis to kind of put more doubt in whether or not it will truly be Chad Gable being the one to defeat uh, Gunther for the IC Championship. I'm still not convinced. I just think this is part of the storyline. They're hopefully just cooling Chad Gable off to ultimately have him come back later on sometime in the year. Don't hold your Survivor, breath. Survivor Series seems like a good place to do it. We don't, got time. Don't hold your breath. I'm not going to. I do not trust them to actually go back to a Gable push. Okay, uh, Three Beer, you're the deciding vote in this. Does WWE have sense here or not? Chad who? <laughs> oh, you mean you mean Shorty G? Shush! He's heating up. God damn! I thought you of all people would be on my side on that one. That's fine. Hey, did you notice though that uh, when Otis was facing Bronson Reed, that Corey Graves kept talking about big meaty men slapping meat? Because so the reason that I always say that is because that was a big E thing, right? Uh, that he always yeah. that's and then when. They said it during Powerhouse Hobbs versus Miro, and the crowd was chanting "meat, meat, meat." And Nigel McGuinness, or not, not Nigel McGuinness, uh, but they were they were saying, "Oh, it's beady, big meaty men slapping meat." Um, My big Kevin that, Kelly. That WWE was like, you know what? We're taking this back. This is our guy's thing. Big meaty men slapping meat. We're gonna we're we're claiming this back for us. If that's the match they want to claim it back on, they didn't do a good job, good enough job on it. Well, yeah, Corey, Corey Graves even said Biggie's at home, really happy right now. Yes, uh, yes, that's right. I'll tell you what, I don't know, but Otis versus Bronson Reed, big meaty men slapping meat. 
Powerhouse highs versus Miro? I'm, also big meaty men slapping meat. Uh, uh, it's that's not a, co- a fucking cow. Hey, if it's a competition, <laughs> I know who wins, the audience. Because I like watching big meaty men slap meat. Thank you. <laughs> Becky Lynch and the Tegan Knox had their uh, backstage segment, which leads to Tegan Knox and Natty. They have a match. Tegan Knox wins. Poor Natty. I just feel bad for her at this point. The guy that is now feels like he's going to be fed to Gunther next, Tommaso Ciampa, defeats uh, Ludwig Kaiser. And once again, it feels like we're teasing another Imperium breakup. Uh, we talked about Natty, Seth, and Shinsuke. I thought this was probably the best segment in WWE all week long. Seth Rollins basically demanding asking for any kind of match, any place, any time. You name the Stiffs, Nakamura, I will be there. Nakamura with another sensational vignette demands a last stand man, last man standing match. So we're getting last man standing at Fastlane. Gentlemen, I'll let you take it from there. I can't believe how often these last man standing matches happen. It seems like they happen all the time now. Zach, what'd you think of this segment? The segment was great. Um, the last man standing gimmick. And I remember whenever they did it with AJ, it was not good uh, when Shinsuke and AJ did that. So uh, I I hope oh, I just don't like the gimmick. I liked when uh, didn't wasn't it when Roman Reigns buried Braun in folding chairs? Was, wasn't that right, a thing? Yeah, feels right. Yeah, that felt like a pretty smart usage of the uh, gimmick. Um. I'll, I gotta admit something here, guys. Uh, I had a lot of wrestling to catch up on, and I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna watch the Seth Rollins part. I'm gonna fast forward until we get to the Shinsuke vignette. Is that um, you think it's understandable? Yeah, I, I was about to say we. Know I mean, Seth doesn't say anything new. Well, Shinsuke was the guy that, that you wanted to hear from in this point. You know what Seth was out there for. He just we needed to know the when and the where when this next match was going to happen. No problem with it. Does Shinsuke win the next match? Zach, you can jump in here, too. Bo, you can, too, if you want. No. Yeah, I still think no. Yeah, I mean, I'll bet on the champ until until I'm wrong, but I just can't. I would love, if they pull the trigger on Shinsuke, I will pop. Yeah, I I would be pleasantly surprised. Unless it's a match where the stipulation is... Seth has to fight with his back to Shinsuke the entire time. I don't think Seth is losing. Well, I mean, like I, I just and don't. He just rails him in the back. With like, yeah, let me tap the ass. I guess. Shit. I <laughs> guess there's. I guess there's room for shenanigans. But who's I, coming out? Yeah, I was just. I. No, I don't know. Damian Priest is the only guy that would even be in consideration, and why would he stop Nakamura from softening up? Yeah, but Priest definitely ain't going to cash in on Nakamura. It's not going to be like Nakamura wins and then here comes Priest. It would be Seth Rollins Rollins retains because there's no story in Nakamura getting cashed in on. I agree with that totally. All right, anything else from Raw or SmackDown? Uh, D- 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 Dirty, Dirty Dom. Dom. Yeah. Dirty Dom versus Dragon my Lee was dog. fucking. My dog with the clean dub. <laughs> no Rhea Ripley, no Judgment Day, no problem. I think we straight, might. Straight work. <laughs> I think we're heading towards a world like within, within the next five years where the two best wrestlers are Yoda Suji and Dominic Mysterio. Oh, Lord. Uh, Zach, what, what did you think about Dom and Dragon <laughs> Lee? Oh, man, uh, this is a really fun uh, match. Uh, Dragon Lee, obviously, 
just an amazing talent. And I think he's down on NXT just to get used to the WWE production system and the camera, you know, just how they do stuff because he obviously knows how to wrestle. He's big. Uh, so, uh, he's big leagues. He's fucking awesome. Absolutely. I'm kind of surprised absolutely. that he went to NXT and no disrespect to Jade, but Jade is skipping NXT and looking like she's going straight to the main roster. Has a very, speaking of Dragon Lee, he has a very um, comfortable promo style and backstage acting style. Like, it feels like he knows his character. I think that I, I'm high on Dragon Lee. Uh, this match fucking ruled, though. Like, it was really <laughs> it was fucking way good. better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be good, but by the end, I'm I'll like, t- what I'll tell the you fuck? what. We're going to get to predictions in a little bit, but NXT No Mercy is no fucking joke. That is, that's a that's a pay per view, man. Yeah, it's a pretty good card. Did, did you guys like the uh, the clip that I sent you on the text message? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was just going to comment on it that Zach Zach sent the best clip of the week. So why don't you explain it, Bo? He says <laughs> it was Dragon Lee when Dragon Lee jumps over the top rope. And the only thing that hits it is his dick. And then Zach sends a gif of Dragon Lee doing a tope suicida over the top rope, and his dick <laughs> just with, within his shorts grazes the top rope. <laughs> <laughs> but he and it like dongs the top rope. <laughs> Zach didn't send this from something he found on the internet. He taped it off his own television. No, no. Yes. No, yes. Is, is that true? Us. Yes, it has the play. Was player. that really? Was that really off of your television? Yes. My phone to record my TV and I saw it happen, and I was like, "I got it." Oh my god, that's got that, that is the that is like the gif of all gifs. Like you could, it could be a meme like forever. Like when you almost made it, you almost made it, but you fucked her again, right? It just clips your dick. Man, we got to get that famous. We got to put a BFR stamp on it and get that gif out there. For wrestling tees. Right? God, I'll go where your head's at. Nia Jax beats Zoe Starks. Drew uh, beats Kofi Kingston. More Drew heel seeds planted in this scenario. I loved uh, Miz TV when everybody was just basically checking the shit out of Miz. That's why I think he's going to be, a, when his time is done and over with, Miz is a Hall of Famer on that shit alone. All right. Can I can I take a second here for this Drew Miz segment and just take another second to reiterate why I always shit on Xavier Woods? It's like this was a fucking fun segment, and Xavier Woods drops that fucking just the lamest dick joke possible. And he comes out with the fucking trombone. That is mid-card. No, sorry. That's under-card shit, bro. (laughs) He should be fighting... He should be fighting uh, Evil Uno for a fake belt somewhere. That is fucking... That is minor league shit. I hated him. That being said, I love the way McIntyre was during this segment to New Day and to Miz. I was like, man, is this motherfucker a face? They're trying to make this guy a heel? I was good. Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens have been the two smartest people about this whole Jay Oso thing. Not necessarily ready to be like, okay, let's embrace him. Be like, look, look, look motherfucker, I remember. The Miz was also very funny in this segment. <sighs> Classic Miz. Main event, uh, KO and Sammy lose to uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priest with an assist from one J.D. McDonough. So, obviously, J.D. McDonough got Damian Priest 
beat down earlier in the night. This was the comeback, the receipt, if you will, a little love coming back to Damian Priest where J.D. McDonough helps him out, gets the chairs, starts whacking everybody with chairs to allow Damian Priest to get the, the win and retain the tag team titles. So like I said, ultimately I think we're going to get a war games where you have J.D. McDonough either this gets you in or he's already in Judgment Day at this point and this will get uh, Damian Priest out. But war games I think is the end game for this whole deal. Beer. What do you think? Man, isn't Survivor Series like November? Yep. Man, we've been doing this like I was just talking last week. We've been doing this for so long. Um, hopefully, they would just do like I don't know, just do a war game not on Survivor Series. It does make sense. It lines up, but they're gonna drag this out for like two more months. Dude, it's like already the same shit over. every week. The month's basically over, dude. Yeah, but it's also like people start talking about it way too early. Also, I mean, no, no, no shade on Jason. Charge, it's, it's not just you. It is, <laughs> it is wrestling Twitter. Like they start talking about Survivor Series I'll, and War I Games won't so early. Ever again, I won't fancy book ever again. You know what that? You know what that says to me, though, Zach. That just says to me how much people like that format. Yeah, that makes sense. War Games is a big deal. And you got Steven Regal back over there in WWE. People are already throwing out his gift for, you know, screaming war games. It just makes sense. War games was a hero the most, but it never meant <laughs> shit to me. <laughs> <laughs> My <All right>. man, <laughs> we got anything else about the main roster? No, not main roster. NXT, we, we, uh, we're we going to talk about here in a little bit for predictions. Yeah, we got but... predictions coming up. So we can, you know, we have six hours of AEW television to parse here, and Zach's got a tall order. Let's get to that two count. <laughs> One, two, three. Zach's going to be like, let's talk NJPW. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach, what's the two count? All right, you guys watching LW this week? <laughs> you say, I Man, got something for you. Man, Warner cut a really good promo. I want to talk about anyway. Uh, that was an absolutely uh, perfect delivery. <laughs> absolutely perfect delivery. I say, I got something for you, niggas. <laughs> All right, what you got, Zach? There is one hundred percent. Yeah, six hours uh, here, so we'll kind of breeze through some of it. Uh, but looking at, uh, we had Rampage Grand Slam, which was the second half of uh, Rampage. Uh, so, uh, Sting and Darby Allen beat Luchasaurus and Christian Cage. No surprise here because they are undefeated. But this is going to lead into collision. So, uh, we can talk more about that uh, here in just a minute. Uh, Chris Statlander, Orange Cassidy, and Hook uh, beat uh, Anna Jay, Angel Parker, and Matt Menard. So, uh, similar. This, um, there's more with uh, with Chris Statlander. But this is kind of a fun uh there was not intergender, but it was a mixed tag, and I like that team of Chris Statlander, Orange Cassidy, and Hook. Uh, that's just an intriguing team, but we don't really have to talk about it. It's nothing, not worth a whole lot of time. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't watch Rampage. I'm gonna say, you say what happened in Rampage. Jason interject as needed, and I'll move it along as needed. But go ahead, Zach. I, I didn't even watch it. I forgot it existed until tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, there was some good stuff on here. Uh, God 
damn. Let's oh. <laughs> say fuck a rampage. And this is where once again, fuck you needs to be a drop because he basically said <laughs> fuck right, you. Didn't write down. He was he already decided he was going to uh, Kansas City at this point. He it was, was like my, fuck it. Uh, fuck that, your well, couch. that's part of it. And the other part of it was it was on Friday night when I was with you at the fucking restaurant. Oh, yeah, I forgot about I that. I forgot part. about it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck your couch. Right? Sorry, TK. We going to go get some eats. Two beer, what you got? Keep it going. Uh, so, uh, Tony Schiavone interviewed John Callis and Tanoski Takeshita. So, the main thing here was, uh, you know, Sammy Guevara coming out, you know, talking about why he joined the, um, the Don Callis family. Uh, of course, uh, Jericho comes out, uh, and they get the beat down on Jericho, and then Omega is the guy who runs in with a pipe to chase off the heel. So this is setting up uh, the match at Wrestle Dream, which is Kenny and Jer- uh, Jericho versus Sammy and uh, um, Takeshita, which I thought was initially just going to be a tag, but then they added in Kota Ibushi, on the Kenny and Jericho side, and they added Will Ospreay to the Don Callis family side. So Man. that is a fucking great-sounding match. That is a loaded, loaded match. That's like, you remember the pitcher? You remember the pitcher uh, Antonio Alfonseca for the Marlins, and he had six fingers, but one of them was just like a little Good fucking yeah. dumbass finger? That's same with Guevara in this match. Stop! <laughs> oh, man. It was like we planned that. You <laughs> fell in, You walked right into it. You're like, yeah, the nub. <laughs> Did not plan that. Thank that's you. That's horrible, Thank dude. You. Anyway, that's a lo- that's a loaded match. <laughs> oh I love God. Sammy Uber. Hey, Sammy, we kid. <laughs> Come find him. Come find me. <laughs> yeah, right. That's um, great. Uh, in this match, the righteous beating Hardy Boys, best friends in the kingdom, uh, so that they can become number one contenders to the ROH Tag Team Championship. Uh, pretty solid match. Oh, there's a lot of talent. Uh, in this ring, uh, the righteous would be number four on the list of the people that I would would thought on paper to win this. But uh, they're the number one contenders, and they are, which we'll talk about uh, here. Just, you know, once we get to dynamite, but that's what they were set up for. Um, we had uh, a trios title match, the first of two trios title matches, because we have two trio title belts. Uh, it was uh, the acclaimed. And Daddy Ass, and uh, who did they wrestle? Sorry, they wrestled, oh yeah, Dark Order. Steve Wu, Alex Reynolds, and uh, John Silver. So this is just a TV match. Um, really couldn't, really don't have anything to say. It's not leading to any storylines. It's just there to have them on the show. Um, and then we had, sorry, my goddamn just closed and crashed. Holy uh, shit. I, I got him. 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 professional bullshit. Sky Blue. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Julia Hart uh, beat Sky Blue. This was just there again to get Julia Hart a win. She's getting a big push right now. This is 24 match winning streak for her. I say a uh, win, motherfucker. God damn. <laughs> I say, what she got? Yeah. She ain't lost in like 17 months. <laughs> what the fuck? We yeah. passed the a win yeah. part. 
another win, I can say. Instead yeah. Of just a. Uh, but she wrestled <laughs> on another Wednesday. win. Yeah. Friday. She, I think, and then she wrestled on Wednesday. She might even wrestle on Saturday. Although she's backing them up, which is um, definitely the way that you build a contender. So um, good on them. Uh, they're building her up quite nicely. I also want to say that uh, she has maybe the best moonsault I've ever seen. Oh, oh. She's, it she's is 21 something. years old. It's something. It, oh, oh. It's really, really good. Uh, Tiffany Stratton's on line one. You Always better than Tiffany fucking Stratton. betas. We're talking about the best moonsault of all time. You named a 21-year-old and a 23-year-old little blondes. I was thinking uh, Kurt Angle and Chad Gable, they both have, they're, and they're similar to Julia's. Either way, uh, it's Horny Thursday. Horny Thursday. <laughs> Kurt Angles was really nice. I, I mean, the best one ever. I don't know. Julia Hart is really good. It's really good. Thirsty Thursday. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. <laughs> Whatever. You know what the fuck we talking about. Go ahead. Uh, Mike Santana. Dirty Bulk Bronson. So, uh, basically, this is leading up to uh, Santana versus Ortiz match. So Ortiz came out to confront him on the ramp. And Santana walked away from him. So I don't have high hopes for either of those dudes as single competitors. Santana thinks that he can, like, get out there and, like, be that. And he's done it, like, on the indie scene. But, like, in, like, major promotion, like, he's he's a good wrestler. Um, but there's got so many guys. He's, he's going to get lost in the shuffle. God damn. I, I agree totally. Man, I man. agree totally. He might have said the same thing about Eddie Kingston. He he is not. And Santana's got more reps. He's got more experience at this point in front of big big crowds and stuff. Eddie Kingston is at a, least for longer a totally different animal. Santana. Hey, did you hear my hot take of the week last week? When I I, I did, I did. Did that make first, you flip? At first, I was like, "Well, what did the make fuck?" You flip? But then I was like, "Well," and then you explained it. I was like, "Okay, Ed okay. Kingston he should, again. Be, he should be on the list, Kingston." Nine guys that are Will Ospreay. Kingston, Zack Sabre Jr., Jake Lee from Noah. Wait, are you actually going through the top ten wrestlers of the year right now? You can just rattle that off like that? Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Go ahead. You know, ZSJ. Any of those guys. ZSJ. Any of those guys I would accept as if Will Ospreay didn't exist in 2023. At that point, any of those four guys I just named could be wrestler of the year. All right, Zach. What was next after uh, the proud and the powerful? <laughs> no, that man. was their name. No, man. no. That was no, their name. No, that was no, their name. Man. They were called that. No, no, no. Hell no. They were called that. Go, go, three bear. Just go. Uh, uh, or as I like call them, the hung buck. Uh, defeated Mogul Embassy, which is Brian Cage, Bishop Khan, and Toa Leona. With Prince Nana, who was uh, doing the dance whenever Swerve came out in the middle of this match, uh, just to watch. But uh, kind of like a voyeur for this match. Um, so they came out to carry on my wayward son. That was pretty cool. Um, I always liked that. And this was just a total party match. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think Mobile Embassy rules uh, at the same time. They're unless they're cheating, like they they shouldn't be beating the the Hung Bucks at all. And the Hung Bucks are the new Ring of Honor trio champions. They've been it before. 
but now that happened. Whenever Arlen. Yeah. That was the main event. Hangman Page and the Young Bucks are champs. Yep. Did, Hang, did Hangman come out with the belt the other night? Wednesday no. Dynamite. No. no. None of the uh, dude. None of the uh, bu- none of them did. The Bucks they didn't come, come out with their belts. The Bucks didn't come out with the uh, the their t- tiles either. What kind of shit no. is that? Kind of stealing my thunder. Yeah, and, and like in New Japan, they all uh, they always like even if you're like the oh, kind of comes out match. with the never open way six man title. Yes, exactly. But yeah. that that I really that's I think that's why I didn't know that happened on Rampage is because I watched the fuck out of Dynamite. And collision, and nobody walked out with anything. Yep, but that happened. It was a great match. Uh, if you go back and watch anything on that, why show, would you that's make really them? The you want to watch? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Why would you make them the six men cha- six men champions though? Ding 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 Why wouldn't you? They're well, because they're not going to represent. They're on TV all the time, and they're not even going to walk out with the belt. So if if the Young Bucks have belts, and you're trying to put over your promotion, and they come out on your promotion without wearing the belts, then the belts might as well not even exist. I don't know why they didn't come out with the belts, but... Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. It's it's. I understand making them the champs, but I don't understand them not coming out with the belts. I don't understand them making them the champs. You could have easily. I don't understand either. You could have easily had any. Uh, There's so many. They do teams. not need those titles. That is ridiculous. Number one. Number two. I can't believe that happened. There are this so is many like me other watching teams it. that you could have. Mogul Embassies. This is a fresh reaction. Mogul Embassies over 300 days, damn near a year as six man champs. That's a rub. You could have given that rub to somebody else, but instead you gave it to the Bucks and Hangman Page. Come on, dog! Damn. Yeah, I've never done that. I'm furious at it. I'm not. I'm not even kidding. I, w- I would assume uh, either a they're going to start uh, combining these these titles, uh, or you notice know, like they're putting the Ring of Honor titles on you know like legit stars. They're not really treating it as like a secondary. Promotion, so maybe they want Paige and the Young Bucks on Honor Club because they want more subscriptions, and they want more pay per view buys but, or whatever. I yes, I get what you're saying, but if they come out on Dynamite four days after they win it on TV at least, and they're not even wearing the belts, then the belts don't exist. That's all I'm saying. Like I get putting it on them if they're gonna go out there and be like, "These are our champion. These are our, this is our championship, and we are proud to have this." And they put the belt over. That's flash, one thing. Flash them. To have them not even wear it. That's that's fucking weird. Like that's yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. Like I'm just surprised that this happened because I watched Dynamite and Hangman Page. I watched the shit out of that segment. Hangman Page didn't have a belt. I don't know. Fucking weird. All right. All right. We had uh, Collision opened up with a hell of a match. Uh, <laughs> match. Triple threat. And I just want to give myself a little pat on the back. Uh, I completely called the finish of this match last week. Not that it was Rocket Appliances or anything, but it was uh, Christian Cage defeated Luchasaurus and Darby Allen by pinning Luchasaurus after Darby Allen gave him the coffin drop. Uh, and then, not only that, uh, he made him 
put him on his shoulders and parade him around the ring with the belt after he pinned him for it. It's fucking beautiful. You ain't shit. God damn. Luchasaurus teased the turn also. He did. And that, that's why yep. I was like, okay. Tell us a little bit of story development, yeah, man. That's, that's, all, that's, that's all. really all I need. Bring it back. Christian's like, come on, motherfucker. You know you, my dog. You know you, my dog. Stop tripping. God now put me, Dude, on my a, sh- put me on your shoulders. Walk me di- around. He's a dinosaur. You better get angry about that kind of shit. <laughs> this was a match. Dinosaurs get mad, I heard. This was a match that um, had a very unique dynamic that you don't always see. And it was really oh, fun to watch. A-plus stuff. Yes. Dude, Darby Allen, wild, like, no other wrestler runs wild. Like, him in a handicap match, it, he's just a fucking ping pong ball in, a in like, a, a money tornado phone booth. He's just flying <laughs> everywhere at a full sprint. It's insane. That's true. You ain't lying, man. God bless that dude. He, he ain't going to be able to walk in 20 years, but he's bouncing around right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, basically, uh, what this leads to is um, there's going to be a singles match between Christian Cage and Darby Allen, two out of three falls at Russell Dream um, in Seattle, which I wish I was going to, but I am not. Uh, so then uh, we had Hook and Rob Van Dam, which this is very fun. Uh, it's a fun tag team because of the connection with, you know, Taz and ECW and all that. Um, beating uh, Matt Bernard and Angela Parker. Uh, my wife was like, who's that? Because she heard Pantera. Uh, like, and she was a big Pantera fan back in the day. What? And, um, <laughs> what do you mean, what? Your wife was a big Pantera fan? Her name is in the title of the band. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah. It's spelled differently, but uh, she was she is a she was a big fan of Yeah, she she uh she likes a lot of metal. Um, still does a little bit. She's not super lame anymore. I don't. I don't. Anyway. I, I didn't think she was lame, but I wouldn't have guessed the metal in a trillion years. I want to talk to her about uh, Mouth for War, number one off of Bulger. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, this is fun. Uh, Robbie and Dam. Last time, uh, you know, he was there to put somebody over. But uh, this was in, was this in Philly or was this? Uh, it seemed like it was maybe like Rob Van Dam's like town. I forget. I think they said it was like Rob Van Dam's hometown or whatever. So it had That's to be Michigan. like Michigan or whatever. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Grand Rapids or something. Blocked out Battle Creek or some uh, shit. Battle Creek. Yeah, that's right. Battle Creek. Where all the cereals made. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's a good place to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, we got a video package of Eddie Kingston. He is going to be challenged. He challenged Kathy Orange Shibata. So it's going to be the ROH World title and the Japan Strong title uh, on the line. The Pure Championship is not on the line because it's not under pure rules. So this does sound like a very fun match. Uh, and if Shibata were to win, I don't think he will, but if he were to win, he would be holding a belt from three different, or he would be holding, yeah, three different, no, sorry, just two different promotions, I guess, because uh, of the pure. But, uh, yeah, that'd be pretty wild. No, nah, I'm, um, I'm definitely looking forward to that shit. That's, I think that's on Eddie Kingston's uh, wish list of matches as, as long as he's champion. And if they go go over to Japan being AEW, 
obviously they're going to Seattle, but they actually go to Japan sometime in late 23 or 24. That would be more of uh, Eddie getting his uh, wish list checked off. So, if it, like I said, if it wasn't for Will Ospreay, this could be the year of Eddie Kingston, especially this back half of the year for sure. Absolutely. Um, Dark Order video package. I don't know. What, I don't even really know why the Dark Order is on TV anymore. There's too many other guys. Um, it is. Uh, like the Kingdom. The Kingdom should get some more uh, TV time. They've been doing really funny stuff. Uh, yeah, Julia Hart, like I said, she wrestled again. She beat Kira Hogan here. So she wrestled Wednesday, she wrestled Friday, she wrestled Saturday, and then she wrestled Wednesday. Um, but, uh, yeah, again, great moonsault. Uh, what else? Uh, hey, Kira Jay Hogan, White. come find me. She, she, <laughs> she doesn't play on our team, dog. What? She doesn't play on this team. He's like, I'm not safe. It's a spectrum. (laughs) (laughs) I had very Um, strange feelings when I went and saw Young Guns 2 starring Christian Slater (laughs) as Arkansas David Rudabaugh. Very strange feelings. For years. For years. Uh, I'm going to let you and your therapist go. I'm 100% straight, except for the part of me that wants to have sex with Christian Slater as Arkansas David Rudabaugh (laughs) in Young Guns 2. So I'm like 91% straight. Only I prefer Christmas Slater and Sleepers. That's just me. Oh, wow. my God. No. You pulled no. that one out of your ass. God Come damn. Come on, man. Arkansas Dave the ball. Ah, he's such a <laughs> rascal. <laughs> <laughs> go, three beer, go. I'd let him rascal All me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this was uh, Jay White and Andrade El Idolo. Um a good kind of TV match. I think if they were on like a pay-per-view, they really would have went all out. But, uh, you know, this was uh, super solid. Um, it was just as good as I had expected to be. What did you guys think of it? Honestly, if you would have told me that Andrade and Jay White, like just like two years ago, you'd been like, hey, you're going to see Andrade fight Jay White on television. I've been like, like in what multiverse, bro? Right. I've been like, that sounds impossible. So when I saw that match coming up, I was like, I'm gonna watch the fuck out of this. It was just okay. I get. I guess I had pretty high hopes for it. I, I'm yeah, not saying, it, I, I disagree. I, I like the match personally. I just think that it was okay. I mean, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying it didn't it exceed my star, expectations. It wasn't, you know, two five. It, it was hit my expectations. Okay. There you go. Completely fair. The guy that I thought was going to win won. Andrade looked good in the loss. For me, it's more about Andrade. What do you do with him with anything at all? LFI, I thought, would have been the move there, but obviously that hasn't happened. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. Uh, We had a quick match with the World Tag Team Champions, FTR, beating the Work Horsemen. And, uh, man, they – Yeah, they got the Work Horsemen, all right. Yeah, they spread through this thing. J.D. Drake did a goddamn moonsault, and the crowd went wild. Okay. And holy shit, holy shit. The crowd was into this. Um, Best moonsault ever right there. Yeah. Oh, there he is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> we'll end J.D. That Drake watching Bam Bam Bigelow videos. No shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was super fun while it lasted. Uh, this is kind of the second week in a row of just kind of open challenges where – uh, FTR was kind of given, given some quote-unquote jobbers uh, like uh, a lot of offense and then ultimately uh, beating them. And then off the open came out in suits, even. 
um, and uh, they were there for commentary, and then they uh, they basically uh, came out to do a little promo thing afterwards. Uh, FTR, this is very funny because like, uh, goddamn, what you know, FTR bald uh, gets down, yeah, gets down on his uh, hands and knees, and he begs Aussie Open to bring their best. And as I was them, I've been like, you barely beat these fucking jobbers the last two weeks. Like, you want me to bring my best? Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's still pretty funny. He's heating up. I love that. What do you think of it, Jason? I just, uh, I just hope they, that TK does right by Aussie Open. I'm not asking TK He's to have them win. Speak on it. I just want Aussie Open to be presented as the tag team that I know them to be from New Japan, the tag team that I would hope they would be in ROH. And you don't want them to act like three-man band and, take think- and, and put over something called a kangaroo kick. Uh, it, okay, that's... Downright disrespectful. The, the, to me, the disrespectful part Waller. is yeah, right. <laughs> to me, the disrespectful <laughs> part is how Aussie Open has kind of just been forgotten about when it comes to the ROH tag titles, even though they've dropped them. It, it, they have no, no like gumption to go after them again. Granted, now here's uh, FTR in the way, so that kind of makes sense. But I mean, just at least say, hey, we lost the titles. We wanted to, you know, rematch with Adam Cole and uh, MJF. And at that point, you want to write something from that point, go ahead. I don't give a shit. But the fact that they have never even really come back and mentioned it maybe once, that's just not enough for me. And that's my biggest fear with uh, Will Ospreay coming over. Will Ospreay to me is a slam dunk for AEW. It just makes too much sense. I just don't want him to come over and then just be a part of this big tr- toy chest that TK can grab and pull out anybody he wants to at any given time. If Will Ospreay comes to AEW, he needs to be treated like a big deal because he is a big deal and make it so. I'm not saying he needs to be the champion, but he needs to come in and have significant feuds off the bat. Uh, I think off the open... Once they lost those ROH tag titles, I just kind of assumed they were getting upgraded, and I do kind of expect them to beat FTR in, in Seattle. What, man, hold your water, dog. We ain't there yet. <laughs> uh, we had uh, the hot and flexible DJ. <laughs> we ain't even backstage. love pre-roll yet, and he's making excuses. <laughs> right? <laughs> Unprofessional bullshit. So I'm going to say, man, you know we got a whole segment to go before we get the predictions. Calm down. The, the hot, and I forgot about predictions. Uh, the hot and flexible CJ, uh, uh, Miro, or talking about Miro here. And uh, this is, uh, so basically I, what I'm gathering is that CJ wanted to be back in wrestling. She wants to manage. Miro doesn't want him, or doesn't want her to manage him, though. Uh, and then she's like, okay, but I'm going to manage other dudes. Uh, but please don't beat those dudes up. Um and I don't know if managing is like a metaphor here or if they're like. <laughs> you ain't shit. <laughs> but uh, for real, like, uh, like Mira's whole storyline was he had a God, he had a wife, and he had a title. And then he lost all, he lost the title. 
and then he lost the wife and, and the god. So maybe he should go back to those things. I don't know. But uh, if it if it basically sounds like Nero is going to be running through all of the people that CJ is going to be managing. Um, so, but uh, CJ has like good star presence, and I think she could add something to the act. So I'm excited to see her. Who's the first uh, first person that CJ Perry decides to manage? Mm, that is that is a good. Uh, I already have my answer, Nick, so I would I wouldn't. Nick uh, Nemeth. <laughs> I was saying, man, can't this brother get over there first before we start doing some shit like that? God damn! I was saying, powerhouse Hobbs. That that way it connects. It makes sense. You have a reason for Miro to really go after powerhouse Hobbs the second time around. The beatdown is always a receipt that you have in your hand. But now, if his wife is managing the guy that beat him down after the match, I think that's a safe way to continue that feud. So I, I said powerhouse Hobbs in my mind when I first saw this uh, this segment. Yeah, Wardlow. that makes sense. Uh, do you Wardlow. think uh, Tony Wardlow. Khan will... Uh, uh, oh, can, wow. Can, can we, have we seen that motherfucker? I mean, damn. Speaking of... Uh, on the side of a milk card, if you have seen this man, he was formerly called Wardlow. He was the uh, two-time TNT champion. We haven't seen him in a, a few months. You know, if he's just alive, can you just somebody just hit us up on BFR Pod on Twitter or <laughs> <laughs> friends of BFR? <laughs> we have to do a wellness check on this motherfucker here in a minute. <laughs> yeah, but say he doesn't even come I, back. Uh, say they say they do it in like say he say Miro runs through three four guys that she manages. And then he comes back, and we have Miro Wardlow, with Miro's ex-wife or whatever, whatever you're gonna call her, managing Wardlow. I mean, it would at least would be, be yeah, it would at least have my interest. I would give you that. But Wardlow, for me, it's it's he's got to come back in some fashion where he can't lose right away. He's been gone so long that you know. People are talking about him being the next guy to jump from AEW to WWE, and if he did. Could you blame him? Cool. Then he's the ne- that he's the guy, the, the first one to come back and stop Miro. Oh, I'm going to follow that <laughs> Fantasy book. Give me the fucking pencil. Give me the pencil. Bill gone five minutes. He's taking the pencil. What's up? If it if it is uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, uh, I just hope TK doesn't make uh, CJ make out with him at the entrance ramp for a few minutes Dude. while Miro does his matches. Dude, that was, and that's... And the cuck, the yeah. cuck storyline with Bobby Lashley all over again. I was getting ready to say, that's that's an event special if you've ever seen one in, in your lifetime, and I would never ever forget that shit. That was just brutal to watch. I'm like, dude, I, I feel like I'm watching porn with 10 million other people <laughs> right now. What the yeah. fuck? What are we talking about? Watching porn with 10 million people? <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, uh, I've been to Italy. You know, those, you know, those, uh, you know when it's, you can click on the others are watching videos. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the, um, no, we were talking Share about uh, CJ, CJ uh, managing other guys besides Miro and uh, Jason said Powerhouse Hobbs, and I just made the joke that CJ should have Powerhouse Hobbs making out with CJ at the top of the ramp during all of Miro's matches, uh, just like Jim. And I said Wardlow. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
All right. Yeah, I guess you had to be there. What's next? <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. You don't sell that like a motherfucker. God damn. I just, I'm, I'm really high. Yeah. Uh, so next we have the Texas Death Match. Uh, so this was awesome. Brian Danielson uh, beat Ricky Starks. Uh, they've got really good chemistry in the ring. Um, this was not as good as the strap match, but that's like, I'm not saying much because the strap match was, that was one of the best matches of the year. And, but this thing was absolutely awesome. It was brutal. Uh, it was still just a fantastic match. And I say, I don't really like last man standing style, but this was last man standing uh, as far as like the rules go. And, um, it worked. Um, but, uh, yeah, Stark lost. Uh, you know, Davison's not going to lose before his big pay-per-view main event. But, um, you know, now we got Wheeler U to get in his face, so maybe he'll be able to get a little bit of heat back. Yeah, they cut off from the program. They cut it off a little too early because it did look like Ricky Starks was trying to shake his hand. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to nitpick too much about that. I, I like their first match more. Okay. Uh, but this match was completely worth watching and I avoided spoilers and I was happy that I did. And it, it was really fucking good. Ricky Starks is really good as a heel. I agree with that. Totally. Um, a part of me post-match when Ricky Starks was trying to, uh, shake Danielson's hand. I'm like, okay, what is this? Are we getting ready to like move Ricky Starks over to BCC? Cause Danielson's going, going away for a little bit. I don't know. Um, that, to me, was an intriguing part. The, the match itself, I agree with both you guys. The first match was better, but this was really good, too. It just It's getting Ricky Starks over. But then, now, it's what next? What more can we do to get Ricky Starks over? We've done a good job to this point, but there's got to be more to be done. All right, well, we had a Dynamite go-home show for Russell Dream. This is a very solid program. Uh, started out with, um, you know, a dream match. Uh, Ray Phoenix uh, was the most logical opponent of all time. Uh, Jeff Jarrett and four other people at ringside. So uh, he managed to eke out a victory to retain the international title here. But it was a pretty fun match, all things considered. You know how they talk about how, and I say this is somebody that likes and respects uh, Jeff Jarrett. Both my friend Jeff Jarrett mm. and uh, Jeff Jarrett, who's on television, the yeah. old Double J. Yeah. The mark of the best wrestlers are the ones that can, you know, whoever they fight, they can alter their style of match and they can have any kind of match with anybody. Jeff Jarrett has one kind of match. It's a Jeff Jarrett match. <laughs> it is a fucking Memphis-style fucking hodgepodge of chicanery and silliness and there is a time and a place for that. And I have not, I, I watched this match. I enjoyed this match. No, I, I didn't do. I yeah. like Jeff Jarrett matches. But, I mean, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's just, I mean, he's just, he's just Jeff Jarrett. One trick <laughs> pony. That's my analysis. He looks good, though. He looks good. He, he, looks, he looks really good. The guy is a one trick pony. He has Memphis matches. He does. He does punch. them really great, though. <laughs> probably, probably throws the best punch in wrestling. Jason, how many star? Jason, how many stars are you giving this match? <laughs> you would catch me in my star mode. Uh, 
275. Oh, damn. <laughs> like, it just, it's it. It does nothing. Jeff Jarrett does nothing for me. I enjoyed it. What was next? Uh, we had a fantastic video package. Um, Adam Cole and MJF are on a boat. Apparently, MJF's dad's boat. Uh, they're drinking some beers. They're fishing. Um, you know, Cole's being genuine. He's like, hey, thanks. Hey, fuck for it. He ain't going to worry about it. Come on. Let's get in this boat. Oh, man. Yeah, he's like, you know, thanks for having me out here. He's like, you didn't bring me out here, though. Just uh, hit me with the diamond ring and throw me overboard. Did good. That was right after MJF grabbed the diamond ring. And he's like, oh, no. He's like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, besides, like, the last motherfucker I threw overboard, I almost got caught. But, uh, he's like, what the he, fuck? Uh, <laughs> basically, basically talking about, uh, you know, it's okay. It's healthy to have more than one friend. Uh, and even though MJF's not used to the friendship thing, and, and more than one friend is not for MJF. He's like, I respect the fact that you need more than one friend, so um, they'll be cool. And then they uh, they thought that they caught a fish, but it was actually Captain Insano uh, in a duck uh, floaty. So this was uh, a pretty this is this is pretty good. This pretty, ranks pretty high in the MJF uh, Adam Cole uh, vignettes. Jason, what did you think of it? <laughs> I, I, honestly, I didn't think I would like it at first, but then once they got onto the boat and MJF was sneaking over to the water cooler to get the diamond ring, that's when I was like, okay, now we're starting to get, we're starting to cook with gas. And then Adam Cole, and I, this is why I love Cole and MJF. They're smart baby faces. They're at least playing baby faces at this point where they're smart enough to know that there's some heel shit that can easily happen. So Adam Cole in, you know, going back to heel form was like, hey, you're not going ready to hit me with the diamond ring, are you? And of course, MJF's like, no, nah, man, I never do. You know, he's taking it all, putting it back in the cooler. That to me is smart comedy A, but smart wrestling. These guys are both heels. They know they there's something coming up, and at any given point, it can happen. Adam Cole was just smart enough to just say, hey, you're not going to hit me, are you? And just like, nah, man, I ain't going to hit you. It's now back to where you could debate on who's going to turn on who. I still have Cole turning on MJF. I mean, I think it's immaterial at this point. Like, I think we're so far away from anybody turning on anybody. Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. I This is... This is the silliest they've gotten. This this was the silliest segment that they've had. It fe- yeah. it really feels like it was. Dodgeball. Dude, the big show I couldn't, the, the big show the couldn't al- tell him to fuck themselves because he had a fish hook in his lip. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to say what the fuck. Yeah, they, they, they caught him on. He's trying to pull it out of his mouth. I'm like, oh, stop, stop. <laughs> they caught the big show with a fishing hook. And then they hung out. Uh, I don't know. I like I, I like I, I liked it just fine. I still, I still think the Outback Steakhouse one was goofier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did have uh, Renee Paquette in with Don Callis and Kadoska Pikachuda uh, and uh, Sammy Guevara, and they show a video package. Uh, Don Callis and Pikachuda went to Japan. Uh, they were there for DDT, but they were in Japan and they shot an angle for Wrestle Dream of them going to Abushi's gym and beating up one of the trainers and Abushi, like Takeshita. Like they were having like kind of a brawl for a minute, like a pretty, and Abushi was, you know, murder Abushi and he was going, going ham. 
But then uh, Callus hit him with an umbrella, and he turned up to do the murder of Bushi thing, and then uh, Takeshin hit him from behind with a kettlebell, uh, which is brutal. Um, but uh, yeah, so they shot an angle for this in Japan that was pretty pretty neat. Hold on, I gotta go inside for a second, but I'll say this: Don Callis, best—he's the thing I look forward to every week the most. He is must see TV. He's great. Um, so I watched the Takeshita match for DDT. Uh, against Mao. Mao is one of his uh, former stable mates or whatever. He's a junior heavyweight, and obviously Takeshi is a heavyweight. Their match was, uh, I guess it was this weekend. I think it was either Friday or Saturday. It doesn't matter. Don Callis came out at some point in the match towards the end. I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, what the fuck? We got Don Callis and Takeshi in DDT? To me, that was more of the bigger story than anything else. It was the fact that I saw Dan Callis that weekend and then fast forward to Wednesday. Now you're seeing kind of a, an extended play off of that angle. This is, you know, more so what we did on our trip to Japan. He beats Mao. You know, he beats down Kota Ibushi and trainer. Now he's on the way back to uh, Seattle to have this match later on in the week. So for me, it was more so about Takeshita and Don Callis, you know, making connections to other promotions so that way you can have different matches where it's not just AEW and New Japan. It will be now AEW and DDT. Chris Jericho and Takeshita will have a match in November. I believe it's the 12th on a DDT promotion. It's going to be one of their last big shows of the year. So they're doing stuff in that scenario. So for me, it was just more so... AEW getting a broader reach into different promotions and now hopefully that will bring other guys into the forefront like Takeshita. We, most of us didn't know who Takeshita was. Now we can't get enough of him. I did. I mean, I saw him watch Vikingo like years ago in uh, <laughs> WZW. <laughs> I've been a Takeshita guy from way back. Right. <laughs> Since day one-ish. This motherfucker. Better to catch the guy from the womb. <laughs> What's next? Uh, Ricky starts uh, fighting Wheeler Yuta. So uh, Wheeler Yuta is really mad that Ricky starts uh, took his lunch money to buy a new Gucci belt, and uh, they're going to wrestle at Wrestle Dream. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to looking forward to the match. I'm sure the yeah. match will be really good. Go for it, Ricky. Stop with that ass. <laughs> yeah. You better whoop this. Predictions, mother, predictions mother. coming soon. Right. Next, uh, we had this is one of the reasons that I thought this was just a fantastic show. Uh, trio match. Nick Cage beat, sorry, Nick Jackson beat uh, Brian Cage and Claudio Castagnoli. Uh, this was just like a PWG match. Um, it was Nick Jackson's fourth singles match in AEW uh, history. And one of those matches was against Ray Phoenix, which is one of my favorite AEW matches of all time. Uh, it was like early in AEW Dynamite. Looking and forward to that match next now, week. Now they're going to have it next week for the international title. So. Yep. Looking forward to that. What do you guys think of this match? I thought it was Looking forward to Amazing. Nick Jackson holding up two belts, the one that he doesn't bring down with him, and the 
uh, international. Oh man, don't forget they got a chance to be uh, the number one contenders if they win that uh, fatal four way at, at uh, Russell Dream. I mean, damn, dude. I mean, is is Nick Jackson that dude or what? I mean, you, is Brian Cage just invisible? I mean, good lord, if there Nick was Jackson. T- one half of the greatest tag team of all time. And he is O-V-E-R. Can we get somebody else over? Possibly, perhaps. You know, that I know if it's the Nick Jackson show. Have a, if you're going to have any three of those guys would have a really good match with Phoenix, but I think Nick Jackson would have the best. I heard the, of course ja- I heard the Jacksons are referring to those titles as the John Cena championship belts. <laughs> <laughs> That's just why Bill can't see them. <laughs> it's because they don't bring him down. Oh yeah, Nick Jackson's. Nick, I mean, Jason, don't scoff at what Zach just said. Nick Jackson versus Ray Phoenix is the most desirable of those three matches that could have happened at taking the winner out of that three. I'm not saying that it's the most desirable. I'm saying what makes sense. And I said this. Uh, I didn't say it on the pod, but I'll say it right now. Tony Khan is a great matchmaker. He's not a very good booker, and this is a great match. Okay, but if you want to make some stars and make a bigger and better roster, you could have put Brian Cage in this and we've made him more of a star. You kind of tease him, and now it's a chance where he doesn't have the ROH titles, so this is a chance to do it. It's not Claudio needs it, and God knows Nick Jackson doesn't need it. Yeah, but Nick Jackson is an EVP. Like I said, good matchmaker. Okay, Booker. What's, what's next, Zach? Uh, video package for the righteous. These are actually pretty good. Um, I like, you know, I, I like the dude Vincent, I think his name is. Uh, he comes off like a real deal kind of Charles, Charlie Manson kind of character. He does a pretty good job of it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they're setting up for this leads into MJF and Adam Cole coming out to the ring. And this was maybe the longest segment of all time. So, <laughs> of any wrestling show I've ever seen. But it was good. And that's saying um, something because that's WWE involved. <laughs> it was a double segment. I, it, it was, was it was segment. strange. Segment. It was a double segment. So, is Jeff and Adam Cole come out? So was there a commercial Adam break? Cole, I don't think so. Um, it was like forty-five minutes without a commercial. Um, Adam Cole comes out, breaks. He's broken his ankle in three places, and he's torn ligaments. So this dude's out for a couple months, probably. He's going to have surgery. And that leads MJF to say he refuses to relinquish the titles, and he's going to wrestle the righteous in a handicap match at Wrestle Dream. And that leads to Roderick Strong coming out, and, man, it kills me when he does this. Adam! Adam! <laughs> like just, so annoying, but me. I love it. And uh, he's there with, uh, with the kingdom, and apparently there's an emergency, and he needs him. And uh, he's like, you know, I learned a lot on that boat, MGF says. You go, you know, take care of your boy. And Adam had or uh, Roderick Strong's yelling. I was like, hurry up. And he's like, I've got a broken foot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, come on, man. So he's good. skipping up the ramp for Christ's sake. What do you want in this scenario? Fuck. So you think that uh, that's going to be the end of it. But no, Switchblade, uh, Jay White comes out. Uh, you know, they got the guns. They got card blade. Uh, and then he goes, but he goes out mm-hmm. to the ring alone. And then they have a promo battle. And 
we don't have enough time in the podcast to go back and forth for everything they said. The basic gist is MJF says that he is uh, choice meat and that uh, Jay White is tofu and Jay White says that MJF has gone soft and it seems like we're leading to Jay White and MJF, which I'm all for. Jason, what do you think of that segment? Uh, a lot to unpack. Um, first, se- first part of the segment, obviously, the Adam Cole, MJF part of it. I'll just respond to what you guys Baby. said last week. Um, I was not mad about Adam Cole jumping off of the stage. That was a part of the script given. When CM Punk decides he wants to jump into the crowd because he's the world champion, that's just him being exuberant and not thinking of the big picture. Who said that last week? Me or Zach? I think it was you said that I would probably have the problem with it. Uh, I agree with me. Okay, well, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, to me, that was that's just a part of the breaks, you know. Unfortunately, that's the breaks of the foot, ankle, and all that other good shit. My my problem with it is the fact that they're the tag they're the tag Listen champs. This they shouldn't be the tag champs to begin with. So the fact that they're the tag champs is the problem. Oh, uh, you're shouldn't, putting the whole system on trial. Shouldn't be the chance to begin with. Now you got MJF running around. He's going to be the handicapped. God forbid if he beats the righteous. But what the fuck is good to the righteous at that point is they can't beat one guy. Granted, he's a world heavyweight champion, but he's still one. Man, there's no reason in the world that MJF and Adam Cole should even be the champs. They could still have this storyline and not be the tag team He's champions. But yet and still, in Tony Khan's booking 101, this is the great way to do it. And this makes what the most sense. What up, turd? What's up, Swerve? This is the great way to do it. I don't think so. No, that was you talking to Tony Khan. Okay, I just wanted to say what's up, Swerve, anyway, because, you know, Swerve's my man right about now. Uh, So... Uh, all right. Well, is there any chance that this is a work? Like when we talk about uh, no. when we talk I about got him cold being hurt. Yeah. No. I don't. I don't think so. Well, mm. you know, I don't want to jump ahead to the end of dynamite, but well, oh, oh, well, hold on a second. Even okay. still, I still say no, and I have. What an you think for about that. what you think about Jay White and MJF? MJF won the first part, then Jay White won the back half. So Why is there all got to be winners and losers? Why can't they just build themselves up, build each other up? Because they weren't building each other up. They called the man Tofu. Okay, if you've ever had tofu in your life, that's not exactly great. And MJF made a good point. You got to add shit to tofu to make it good. This segment was a banger. Oof. Jay White and MJF together was I've heard people, I've seen people talking down about it. I've seen people saying, why is Jay White already there? I watched this and I was like, this is what I've wanted the whole time that Jay White's been there. Jay have done that day one when Jay White walked in. Right? Yep. It's like Jay White was taking all that MJF stuff and selling it the exact right way. He wasn't no selling it. He was like selling it, no selling it. Talking about his goatee or whatever his pubic hair. Yeah, and he was playing it up to the crowd. Really old school. Jay White's got that thing, man. He's got it. He can play to a crowd really well. Very natural at it. And when he went at MJF and the crowd got back behind MJF, I felt like Jay White saw it happen and then kind of just he turned like four degrees to the left or to the right or whatever. He didn't really turn a whole bunch. He just like adjusted the way that he was talking a little bit. 
A plus shit for me. I loved it. Jay White versus MJF is what I want to see. Yeah, if you don't, if before you weren't very aware of Jay White, you just thought he was running around hurting people with the Bang Bang Gang. He just showed how great he is and what he can do. For sure. Because I was texting JCB during the MJF Pro, and I'm like, he is fucking crushing him. And then Jay White did his thing, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sitting there waiting. Not, I'm like, are, okay, come on, Jay. Big, these, you are, gotta, you these are big boys. To, yeah, these I was like, big I mean, boys. calling yourself filet mignon and calling the other guy tofu, it sounds like it's from, like, 1973, like when tofu first got introduced in L.A. or whatever. But for me, it made all the sense in the world. And that's why I was like, okay, yeah, now but that's a Jay- weak insult, though, right? Shit, if, if you if now you, you th- say it right, okay, that the way he said it, but it does like, it doesn't ring true though, because Jay White's not tofu. Jay a, White's okay, the I'm, real fucking I'm, deal. I'm not and disag- he showed that. I'm not disagreeing with that. For those, and I've had this argument with the online with plenty of people. Who's Jay White? Jay White ain't supposed to be here, and I've defended Jay White on multiple occasions. For those people that heard that line, that line rang. True and real. He, you need more for Jay White for those people to be converted. They probably never will. That's their business. For me, it was like, oh shit! Now Jay White, who I consider one of the best talkers in the game, is sitting over here catching that work from MJF, one of the best talkers in the game. What's Jay White going to do? He turned it right back around, like you said, turned it a little bit, and then he got nah, right back. He to was MJF. not. He was. They were on the same level. It was professional. Professional it, as fuck. No, was nobody, nobody was outdoing anybody. I they were on the same. That. I know you didn't. I'm just saying that's what I saw. I saw two guys in the exact same level. I saw Jay White as immediately a title contender. Probably should hold it at some time because that's how good I see him as. But also, we were watching NJPW when he was champion. So I've seen him be champ. He fucking rules. So I was into this segment quite a bit. Yeah, he's super confident, and he's just a natural in the main event picture. Um, we had a sit-down. Jim Ross is with uh, Christian Cage and Darby Allen, and this is this is really good. It's typical Christian Cage on his bullshit. Oh, uh, God. Like, yeah, I don't know if you guys want to want to go into it here. Uh, nah, I know you, somebody mentioned it earlier and had Nick, some feelings. Nick Wayne's mom, man. Uh, that, that woman. I just want to say that Christian Cage, like, I was laughing out loud at what he was saying. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> He's like, everybody is free game. Your mama, your daddy, your dad, uncle. I don't give a rat's ass who it is. I used to have the, Cage is I used, on fire. I used to have this buddy. Uh, he was Matula's buddy. When me and Matula used to live together, and he would come hang out at our place, and he'd hang out way too late. He'd be getting all fucked up. And his girl lived right down the street, and he was staying over there. And she would call, and he would just hold the mic up, or hold the phone up to his ear, and he would just look at us. He'd put it on mute, and he'd be like, oh, my God. God, the shit she's saying to me. She's like, she's like, she is so mad. He's like, she is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I was laughing during Christian's segment. The other day. I was like, look at this motherfucker. This guy is fucking crazy. I'm man. like, man, look, you Darby better than me because I'd be like, man, this this, this interview over because I'm about to hurt this motherfucker here in like 30 seconds. Fuck you. Oh, I'm about man. to beat your ass. When Darby said, everybody you talk shit about is already dead, 
I almost lost my mind. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's such a funny gimmick. That is so true. It's just me, the dude that talks about talks shit about dead people all the time. Ke- dead people catching strays ain't cool, man. That's all I'm gonna say on that. Man, nah, that's hilarious. Uh, not, it's so, very hilarious, without question. <laughs> Luchasaurus banned from ringside. Sting banned from ringside. Uh, those guys. Have but, we gotten uh, our money from that? Nope. I have not got no it. Hey, Tony Khan. Yeah. What up, turd? <laughs> Give me my money. <laughs> They're going to be like, who the fuck are you? We're going to be like, Zach, 5'8", 250 pounds. Big fan yeah, of Monday, Monday Night, Night Raw. Raw. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say no AEW. He's that Monday Night Raw. That'll get it done. What up, turd? <laughs> So you guys, uh, since all these people are banned from ringside, um, uh, you think we get uh, Adam Copeland at Russell Green? His contract's up Saturday. Yes, I was going to save it for the the predictions, but yeah, I think he'll be there in some form or fashion, whether he helps Krishna or not. I think he will definitely be there on Saturday or Sunday. Yes. Yeah, not to get into the predictions, but uh, I feel like uh, if he does, he'll, he'll have such a huge pop and he'll be a baby face that uh, I feel like he should just feud with Christian because Christian's on such a fantastic, uh, you know, heel run here. He should not be getting cheered at all. Oh, what if they just go on like a huge old school team heel run? That's what I'm waiting and for. And just fucking are just shitty. Yeah. To everybody. They'd yeah, be that's hilarious. what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm waiting for. I, I, can't, I don't want to see Edge and Christian against each other. I want to see Edge and Christian with each other. You know, I don't give a fuck if Christian leads that charge or not. I think the, the two of them together obviously have chemistry. If you can get Edge, Edge and Christian? Edge yeah. and Christian to pick Yeah, they have up. chemistry. I said obviously, <laughs> motherfucker. God damn. Can you, imagine, can you imagine Christian just talking about people's dead Thank family you. members and Edge behind him just chiming in, just sprinkling little okay. tidbits? Dude, that oh, is we'd perfect. Cry- we'd be crying. We'd That's be perfect. fucking crying. I think Edge coming on Sunday is a little too perfect. I don't think it's happening. Uh, yeah, I was, I, was a little, uh, I was a little hungry earlier, so I, I put some uh, peanut butter and jelly on the bread because it obviously has chemistry. And uh, anyway. it does. <laughs> you can eat a dick too, motherfucker. Okay, how about that? I just wanted to pile on. Uh, um, no, that's okay. That's all right. I'm just the 5'7, 165 guy on the bottom. Don't worry about me. <laughs> uh, so we had uh, Orange Cassidy, Pinta El Zero Meadow. Matt Jackson and Austin Gunn. This match was awesome. Um, and I kind of thought that maybe somebody else should have won this one. And Orange Cassidy could have lost by default by not getting pinned, and he just wins all the time. Uh, but uh, this was an awesome match. Uh, there was one spot on here that was so cool. Uh, Matt Jackson had done, like, an O'Connor roll onto Orange Cassidy, and then the other two guys came up, and he did his, like, Northern Lights suplex where he – he northern lights two guys at one time, but he did it while his legs were entwined oh, with it Cassidy's. Was so badass! It was awesome. So this was a super fun match, and uh, Cassidy eked out a win like he always does. 
ain't nothing changed. It's AEW. OC wins all the time, except for it's John Moxley, and that makes sense. But no problem with that. It, this didn't have any like stakes or anything. It was just a preview match for uh, for Sunday, so I'm cool with it. Yeah, I was totally fine with it. Uh, it was it was a fun match, and that spot that Zach mentioned uh, really stood out to me too. And I was only kind of half watching it. You know, it was on. <laughs> I mean, like I was doing other shit. You know, I, I was up and putting dishes in the fucking dishwasher. You and ain't got to justify your shit to me, brother. Fuck it, too. Not at all. You you at least watch. That's all. I could, that's the best thing. Eleven hours in the last few days. You know, no big whoop. Thank you. Uh, oh, thank I'm, you. I'll clap for you. Yeah, thank welcome you. to my world, motherfucker. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you choose it. I do this for the people. <laughs> All right, Rikishi. <laughs> you did it for the rock, too, right? <laughs> go, Junior, uh, go. Julia Hart had another match. Uh, this time she beat Willow Nightingale. Uh, this was a main event match. Uh, it was on the main event segment, but it was the last match on the show. And I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, this match was really good. I've decided to start calling the House of Black. Wait for it. Judgment Night. <laughs> <laughs> or Judgment Light. <laughs> or Purple Eyeshadow. <laughs> yeah, it, so, it, it doesn't feel like it's uh, Judgment Day. That's for damn sure. And then uh, Hangman on page and Swerve Strickland contract signing. So I thought this was really good as well. Swerve was fantastic. Mm. And uh, Adam Page uh, definitely had uh, kind of a, a pretty uh, understated promo, uh, just kind of talking about uh, basically CM Punk being a metaphor for a rain cloud here, basically saying for last year and a half he's had a rain cloud over his head. Now that rain cloud is gone. And he's happy because he wasn't able to speak about it. Uh, now, like, basically, he's uh, he's free. Um, I don't know if anybody else picked up on that, but that's definitely the vibe that I was getting. And, yeah, uh, they didn't do, like, the big brawl. They did something that was even more effective, uh, which was, uh, you know, Swerve talked a lot of shit. And then uh, he went to pick up the, the pad to... Uh, Design and Adam Page stabbed him in the fucking hand with a pen. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! After uh, after he slapped him though. After he slapped him. After he slapped him. Yeah, I thought it was awesome though. Uh, I really liked this. Big big fan of this segment. Big fan. Love Swerve. I was thinking. I know. I I've seen somebody getting stabbed in the hand before in a contract sign. I'm like, where have I seen that? Where have I seen that? I was like, oh yeah. Lesnar got stabbed by the Undertaker in the hand. Same concept, same kind of deal. So, not saying it's an original thought. I thought but it was like Broken Arrow with fucking Travolta. And <laughs> I think second Christian Slater. Oh, I got Slater on the brain. <laughs> <laughs> he was in that movie, right? He was. <laughs> Jesus. What the fuck? Um, I thought this was a good build to their match on Sunday. You need really go see your therapist, like, soon. Um... It was good to see Adam Page at least speak on the the rain cloud CM Punk deal. It's it's still it's crazy how much of an effect CM Punk had over the entire promotion. Whether it's you know directly where Jade is, you know defending him in certain interviews. Now you have Hangman Page basically calling him a rain cloud. 
it's it just goes to show you you can everybody can look at the same thing and see it from different perspectives and look at it from different perspectives and see different things. So in that scenario, it was just it was interesting to hear him at least talk about Pate or talk about CM Punk. But it it was good to see him just like fight back on the mic verbally because like I said, as far as I was concerned. It was Swerve just wiping the floor with Hangman Page up until Wednesday night. Zach. And that was it. All right. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. And then we got, okay. Yeah. And then we got the. Uh... Oh, yeah. That was not it. Sorry. Yeah. That was the main event segment. Uh, yeah. Then we had in the back, because it seems like, and I was like, why is there still time on this feed? And um, they went back uh, to the back, and Jay White was getting I laid was outside. real close to turning it off. I was walking away. Yeah, I was I, too. I started to look back for whatever reason. I'm like, what? Yeah. And Jay White's in the back getting beat on by there were five guys, and one of them had a devil mask on from MJF. So um, this is my speculation. Um, I think that that was not MJF. I think that was the kingdom with Adam Cole plus Kyle O'Reilly. Didn't one of the guys have a huge neck? Like it was Roderick Strong, like even underneath the mask with the huge with the neck brace on. I thought that was. Bruce I didn't Baker. notice that, but that would be that would be amazing. Like I, I didn't notice that, but that would be such a fun funny detail. It would be funny, but it would also make it really obvious. I don't know. I heard that it was pretty obvious that it's uh, Adam Cole or Roderick Strong. My first thought before I saw anything on the internet, but right when I saw it and I was like, ooh, that's fucking interesting. I was like, here we go. I was like, yes, give me a story. So I was like, okay, so why were they beating up Jay White? It was pretty weird because Jay White's a heel, right? My first thought was, because I texted you guys the other day and I said, did you guys hear the rumor that Tony Khan bought NJPW? And you guys, you guys were like, no, because of Japanese law, XYZ, etc. And then when I saw that, I was like, what if that's fucking David Finley and the War Dogs or something? And I was like, here we go. Let's get, this is the Bullet Club war that they've been talking about in the dirt sheets for the last, like, two or three years. And this is where the Bullet Club war starts. So it'd be like Gabe Kidd and uh, my dude Alex Coughlin Coughlin and, uh, or David Finley. Now that would be exciting. David Finley's wearing the devil mask. Obviously, he's leading the charge. I agree with you, Toey. I didn't think it was Adam Cole, even though there was a little uh, picture with the devil's mask. I think this was just after they won the titles, uh, and it was backstage, and there's a picture of it. I I think I saved it on my phone. But anyway, the the devil's mask was hanging on the Adam Adam Cole side of the locker room where he and uh, MJF were sitting. So if you fast forward and you see that, and now you see this, you think it's Adam Cole, and it, it does make sense. I just don't think it it's the right play right here. Bullet Club makes way more sense, at least the numbers-wise, because it's five guys. So to me, if you just stop and think about Bullet Club, War Dogs, Wait, you got just, just five guys? Not just, no, they're just four guys now, <laughs> but that's another story for another time. What if it... What if it's Mustafa Ali and he's starting retribution again? 
<laughs> it ain't been ninety days, dog. <laughs> That's my let, let him get uh, let him get him a little ninety day vacation before we bring him back in. I think it's. I agree with you. I think it's David Finley. Zach, who do you think it is? I think it's, I think it's the Kingdom and, and O'Reilly. Yeah, I think the, I I don't think it's War Dogs and David Finley. I'm just putting it out there. I think it's the Kingdom with Roderick Strong. It just it's Occam's Razor. I mean, the it's the the most obvious answer is the correct one. If I want it to be the War Dogs and David Finley, that sounds fucking awesome, and that would be a like an actual story because you guys you guys are over here calling yourselves Bullet Club Gold. Like we're actually Bullet Club. You guys aren't even in it anymore, uh, and that would make sense. And maybe they could write the guns off a of TV for a year or five. Dude, damn. <laughs> I know. They've been really enjoyable lately. Yeah, I know. They're all right. Wow. He just doesn't want to give in. He gave in to Eddie Kingston. We just got to give I'll give in eventually. <laughs> all right. Give him time. I'll do it for a two count. One, two, three. All right. The three count is, did you guys see this Yoda Suji fucking Will? Billy O? Bill Osprey match? <laughs> did you guys see this match? <laughs> so NJPW has its Destruction in Kobe event uh, this weekend or last Sunday, I guess it was. Last and uh, there was a bunch of multi-man matches. I didn't watch them all. I'll, I'll admit, I did watch Yoda Suji versus Bill O. And this was uh, probably not match of the year, but it's my third favorite Osprey match of the year, which is <laughs> fucking insane. <laughs> um, uh, this match was fucking unbelievable. How, what's the uh, okay? So this is the real question: over under twenty twenty seven. When does Yosuji main event Tokyo Dome? Under. Under. That's under 2027. 26 feels about right. 27, it feels like it's almost going to be one year too long. So that's three years from now. Yeah. Very realistic. So there's two more Wrestle Kingdoms, and then the next Next one one after that is Yoda Suji will be main eventing it. That feels right. Uh, He's the real deal. This match was the real fucking deal. When Yoda Suji speared Osprey out of his fucking shoes... I marked out 27 minutes. He wins with Stormbreaker. Incredible match. Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I loved it. Uh, Yoda Suji did some shit I'd never seen him do. He's pulling out some new material. Um, he has just got it, man. He's super charismatic, and they were doing some super fun stuff here. I mean, Osprey can do anything, and uh, they were exchanging like arm drags and hip toss at the beginning of this and it was just wild stuff like it was it was like pure lucha stuff i don't know if suji i think maybe he went down to mexico for his excursion uh so that probably fits but um yeah the arm drags that they were exchanging uh i think at one point there was like a almost like a foot drag that he did it was like kind of like a hurricane rana but uh not quite it was it was bonkers. Um, I just couldn't even describe some of the shit. And, uh, yeah, they pulled out all the stuff and had a fantastic main event. This is a New Japan main event that was here to see the best match in his life, I'm sure, which pretty much happens with uh, any of Osprey's opponents. Uh, he, they just get the best match 
of their lives whenever they're in there with him. So I can't wait until fucking Ryan Danielson wrestles him. Jesus Christ, you know that's going to happen. Jason, what you think? Don't tease me with a good time. Um, it was really the question was whether Yoda Suji could keep up with Will Ospreay, and the answer was an emphatic yes. 27 minutes in, the match really didn't take a – a slowdown after it got out of the second into the third and fourth gear. It just just felt like it just kept getting building up more 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 and more momentum. Where for 30 seconds I thought Yoda Suji might be able to pull this upset off. And I don't care if what anybody says, he's the Wonderkin, he's the next great thing when it comes to New Japan. But it would have been an upset if he won this match. The right guy went went over, but Yoda Suji is He's a wonder kid. I mean, the truth. There's no. He has got it, man. When Will Ospreay was circling the ring and Yoda Suji just had that big fucking shit eating grin on his face, he's like, he's he's so cocky. He's like, I belong here. Like, he is not intimidated by the moment at all. He backed Will Ospreay in the corner. He's and, got and the Will Ospreay look. was looking around like, what the fuck did I just get myself into? He's got the look. He's got the moves. He's got the charisma. He's got the, I mean, he's got the work rate for sure. This was a 27-minute match with the best wrestler in the world, and they and he did not seem to shrink in the moment at all. It nope. was incredible. Incredible. He is the... He's going to be the future of New Japan. He's the next leader of LIJ. There's so he's going to be the I champ am, at some point. I am very much looking Sky's forward to watching Yoda Suji wrestle for the next ten years. Yeah, whether it's here very or much. anywhere else, he'll be just fine. Uh, a couple other notable wins or losses on here. Uh, Naito went over Jeff Cobb in a match that meant nothing. They, uh, no, it meant something. They went out and gave it their all. What did it mean? It, it was for Naito's uh, Wrestle Kingdom spot. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was? Yes. Told yeah, you. there were there were stakes. Told you I didn't watch it. Okay, so you're welcome. Well, I'm hosting the podcast. And you're giving incorrect information. I'm speaking my truth. That's not true. Easy, you're just... Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, you tell me what. Why don't you tell me what was good? Um. D- d- just going backwards, uh, you had that. We talked about that match. Uh, Bishamon versus TMDK for the IWGP titles. I thought that was a solid match. Uh, yeah, uh, what was it? Show and Tai Chi for the KOPW championship. All kinds of fuckery left and right. Kanemaru um, flips on just five guys. So now they're back to being just four guys, which was kind of funny to begin with. But neither here nor there. House of Torture gets stronger. Um there was another match that I've got missing, and I know I am. Great Okan and Shingo. I thought this was a solid match. It feels like Shingo was supposed to win, but Great Okan at least is at least feels like there's at least a little fire underneath them for at this point. I'm waiting for something to get me back on the Great Okan train. Outside of that, you really didn't miss much of anything. Um, that was the, like basically the last five matches. That, is all leading to uh, the nine or the ten nine show where you have Evil and Sonata for the title, um, Tamatanga and David Finley, ELP Hikaleu versus Kid and Coughlin. I know I'm missing one more match. Um, Impact guys are coming over: Josh Alexander and the Motor City Machine Guns versus Ishi 
Okada and Tanahashi for the never open weight title. Um, there's another title match. Uh, Connors and Dan Maloney, also War Dogs as well. They'll be defending the junior tag titles versus Kushida and Kevin Knight. And then you would have the best of seven series, Strong Style versus Nagata, uh, Shota Umino and Master Wado. That's been a weird series. But that's basically what you're looking forward to going forward. But just for this the destruction in Kobe tour, if you watch Suji and Will Ospreay, that's a good start. I thought the tag match was good. Um, Shingo, Great Khan was good, too. There's plenty to watch, but I think the, that 10-9 show is the, the show that's going to have more of an impact. Uh, look for Yuya Uramura to make his return back to New Japan. He's getting fired probably as we speak from Impact Wrestling, and then from that point he'll make his return back to New Japan, hopefully, and that will bring back all the young lions from the previous shows year two years down the line and that should be really interesting as well so shit's going on in new japan yeah uh anything else about new japan before we go no i think i'm covered all right that's gonna do it for our three count One, that's that psp two, coming in and play three. right there <laughs> hey don't forget about don't forget about jason's uh, other podcast the phoenix splash podcast you can find it wherever podcasts are found this is true story. We'll be out this weekend. This is banned from ringside. Hey, boys. It's prediction time. <laughs> it's been a couple weeks since we've had some predictions, and we got lots of predictions tonight. So, Shocker. Pre-roll time. We have... Do that shit. Let's like that pre-roll. Uh, so... It's pre-roll prediction time. We, this should be like a segment. This should be a segment. <laughs> so just to recap everybody on the scores, Two Beer Zach has 69 points. Nice. <laughs> I was about uh, to say, there's a joke there. JCB's got 68, and yours truly has 64. So we have NXT No Mercy and AEW Wrestle Dream. We have spent a lot of time talking about AEW tonight. So let's, let's go to NXT. NXT had a very entertaining show the other night, but... Uh, we have six matches on the card. Let's start with Becky Lynch versus Tiffany Stratton for the title. Uh, Becky Lynch won it, I think, two weeks ago. Is there a chance they give it back to Tiffany Stratton this quickly? Zach, who you got? Man, that's, uh, I was wondering that exact thing. Um, I don't know that they'll do it this quickly and I think they might just be give somebody else the rub whenever she does lose it so I'm going to go with Becky um, yeah I'm going to go with Becky they're, NXT's been doing really well and I think uh, they're going to keep her on there to keep keep that hype train going what you got Jason I think we're all asking the same question. Is Tiffany Stratton going to get the, the title back this quick week? Uh, if that was the case, then you probably shouldn't have took the title off her to begin with. I just, I think Becky's just going to have a, like a run where she's going to put a bunch of people over and then ultimately drop the title to um, someone else. Roxanne, uh, Lyra, Lyra Valkyrie, uh, Kira, I'm sorry, I pronounced her name wrong, but someone along those lines that feels like they could be the champ and just haven't had the title yet or just haven't won it back. But ultimately, I agree, Becky Lynch should win. 
And an extreme re- rules match on top of it. it. Yeah, it is an extreme rules match. I'm, I don't even want to think about that. Just don't even know what that would mean. Uh, but uh, we have Noam Dar versus Butch. Butch wins the Heritage Cup Mini G1 tournament that they had, which I found very enjoyable. And the main event, or the the uh, the finals of it, was very enjoyable. Also, Joe Coffey going down to Butch. Butch was the right call here. The fun call. Excited for this. Butch versus Noam Dar in a Heritage Cup rules match. Jason, who you got? Not going to lie, I was rooting for Joe Coffey, but no problem with Butch. Butch, going back to his NHT roots, is not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's a good thing. Now, that being said, I'm going to take Noam Dar to retain. I think Noam Dar is one of the better wrestlers that a lot of people don't know, and there will be a great chance to show it against Butch, one of the better technical wrestlers that we all know. Obviously, his matches versus Glinther slash Walter, well-documented, well-talked about. So, yeah, all that being said, this could steal the show. Don't think it will, but I got Noam Dar to retain. Zach, Zach you're up. Yeah, I'll agree uh, with Jason. Thank Noam Dar. I, with that push versus Joe Coffey thing, I loved uh, how Noam Dar and all of them were up. Like, on the day, is like, during the match, it was so campy and fun. He's got Noam Dar. Oh, he's got Noam Dar too? Fuck. God yep. dang it. Uh, I got Noam Dar also. Uh, the reason is, is because they are giving the metaphor uh, a lot of airtime. They have their own room in NXT, and they just kind of sit on top of NXT and watch wow. it the whole time. Yeah, so I think that they're still in the midst of a push. A, a push. A push. <laughs> push. <laughs> Uh, but I don't see them by, you know, they could have Butch lose this and not lose any momentum at all. If anything, he's just gone back and shown why he's so great. So I'm taking Noam Dar also. Uh, up next, we have Dominic Mysterio versus Trick Williams. I don't want to make this my Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock of the Week, and I'm not going to, but I will go first, and I am going to go with Dirty Dominic Mysterio over Trick Williams because I think this is going to play into a match later on on the card. Jason, who you got? You know I can't go against Dirty Dom at this point. I mean, it was good to see Trick Williams kind of, not even kind of, but fall into the match uh, when he won the triple threat. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a fatal four-way at that point uh, on NXT on Tuesday. What are we falling on? I believe it was Tyler Bate for the win. Uh, good to see Trick getting the push. NXT. Big, strong boy. Big, strong boy. I was say, whoop that trick. <laughs> whoop that trick. So, trick is over. I, I want to see how far this goes. But, yeah, uh, ultimately, I still think it's Dirty Dom winning, whether it's fuckery or non-fuckery. I think he retains. Zach, who do you have? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I'll go, with, uh, I'll go with Dom. All right, so we all got done. This is getting really boring, guys. Time to mix it up a little yeah. bit. We have a four-way match for the NXT Tag Team titles. We have the family, Tony D'Angelo and his buddy Stax. We have OTM. Don't know who the don't know who those guys are. Uh, Nima and Price. I can't think of their first names. Huh? Nima and Pro- like Bronco Nima and Luchin Price or some shit like that. Oh, Luchin Price uh, rings a bell. Versus the Creeds versus Los Lotharios. This uh, this dynamic between Los Lotharios and the family. The family, first of all, those guys are good. I'm a fan. Can't be mad at them. 
When they asked him why it looks like their chest got clawed up by a cat or a tiger or whatever, and Los Lotharios was like, that's a message to our grandpa. And they were like, yeah, well, let me know uh, when grandpa messages back. <laughs> I was like, God <laughs> damn. <laughs> well, y'all motherfuckers ain't shit. Talk about somebody dead grandpa. That absolutely killed me. Anyway, uh, I'll go first here. I got uh, Los Lotharios is most likely to win. I have the family going second. I have the creeds third, and I have OTN. OTM uh, being the least likely to win. Zach, who do you got? This is really interesting, but I have it the exact same way. Fuck. God damn it. Jesus. Really? Jason, who do you got? Uh, I'll go least to most. Um, most Lestorios, least likely to win. I think they got to build a story up for them. O- OTM. Um, out the mud. I, I don't even like the name, but I think they got some potential scripts is from the loose, so good shout out there. Um, I'm going to go Creed's second most likely to win. Uh, it would not surprise me if they won this bad boy. Uh, the Creed's are back for a reason, so I think they will at some point be the chance, but I'll be, it'd be a real surprise not to see the family retain at this point. I mean, they just got the tiles. I don't see why they would uh, drop the tiles at this point. So, yeah, there we go with that. All right. That can create some separation. We have Baron Corbin versus Braun Breaker. Uh, I don't know if there's a stipulation on this fight. It might be like a street fight or something. But uh, the they kept this fight going on like uh, Peter Griffin versus the chicken throughout this entire NXT uh, episode. It was pretty fun. Liked it. NXT's a pretty fucking good show, man. It is. uh, Most of the segments are worth watching. Uh, Zach, who do you got? Uh, Give me Braun Breaker. Who do you got, Jason? I did like the brawl a lot. Yeah, it was good. They seemed pissed at, at each other. Yeah, I just going through Shawn Michaels' wall, I thought that's what was probably one step too far, but neither here nor there. The point was uh, point was taken. I really, really want to take Baron Corbin here. It would make a lot of sense because I think Braun Breaker's on the way up and Baron Corbin's down to stay. But I'm going to go ahead and agree with 2Beer on this one. I think it's Braun Breaker. I think this is going to be one of those matches that have an extension i wouldn't be surprised to see von wagner come in at some point and fuck some shit up but if he doesn't i'm gonna take Braun breaker very annoying i have to be honest with myself i have to be honest with you the listener and i have to be honest with my co-hosts i want to take baron corbin to be different but i just think that the most obvious answer is Braun breaker and i am taking Braun breaker also and then finally we have carmelo hayes versus ilja dragunov for the NXT Heavyweight Championship, JCB. Who you got? <laughs> that sounds like some Drago shit right there, man. Let's say fuck him up. Um, that This has been a great build. It's a, a nice way to uh, get this rematch going. Trick Williams is the wild card. I don't think he really is the wild card, ultimately. I got Carmelo Hayes retaining. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Dragunov won. I would be surprised if at some point he didn't win the title. I just don't think it's awful Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes still has a little bit of a story to tell. Who you got, Zach? Give me Dragunov because he is my favorite to watch in NXT. But also besides that, I just think uh, he's the best guy down there right now. And uh, your champ should be your best guy. Yeah, I see that. I see Trick Williams playing into this 
quite a bit. They've been telling the story. They did a good job. They've been doing a good job for a while, where the other night Carmelo Hayes was too busy with his shit to be able to talk to his boy Trick. <clears throat> Trick said when the gal came out to interview him, he said, you know, I just, I know Joe Gacy's weird, but I did just beat him in a match. Um, but anyway, why are you asking me about another, why are you asking me about Carmelo? Later on, Carmelo Hayes kind of accidentally dropped Trick's name during his promo, talking about guys that have lost Ilya, Ilya Dragunov and how he's not like them. And he said Trick, and he's like, nope, nope. And Dragunov was like, oh, I heard what you said, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I heard I what you like, said. <laughs> so I think that Trick loses to Dom, and then uh, Trick gets pissed off and costs Carmelo Hayes the match. Because the whole story's been about... When Carmelo Hayes beat Dragunov, did he actually need Trick Williams? I think they've been doing a pretty good job of it. I'm taking Dragunov here. Okay. Um, but that that's going to be a fun that's going to be a fun night of wrestling. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so we got AEW Wrestle Dream. Let's Ugh. start off with just this fucking massive match. Just a huge, just so many names in this match. Just five fingers in a Guevara. We got Jericho and the Golden Lovers versus the Don Callis family. This motherfucker right here. Who do you have, Jason? You got the baby faces or the heels? Jesus fucking Christ. God, you're horrible. Um, I'm going to take the heels on this one. Do a little nub nub. <laughs> little nub nub. Sammy Guevara obviously needs some rub. He just flipped heel. Uh, we'll all spray to catch the same team. I just, it's not a knock against Kenny and Obushi. I think we'll eventually get to those feuds here in a little bit, but I, I like the uh, the heels on this one. Who do you got, Zach? Yeah, give me the heels. Uh, Kenny is going to keep losing whenever he's facing the Don Callis Society, which uh, is not when he gets a win. The Don It'll Callis happen Society. Eventually. It would make Sorry, John Cannon's family. It would make no sense for the baby faces to win here. I mean, same the Don Callis family is just now a thing, and it's basically just those two guys. So, and Will Ospreay, I guess, even though that just seems a little forced. <clears throat> um, but I'm taking the heels also. So we all, we also have uh, Eddie Kingston versus Shabata. Eddie Kingston's two belts are on the line. The ROH Pure Championship is not for Shabata. Who do you got, Zach? Kingston or Shabata? I got Kingston. I got Kingston. Jason, he got. Yeah, it's it's Eddie Kingston. It's it's his time to uh to uh run around and and defend both of these tiles. I'm I'm just surprised he's got them both. I'm glad. I'm happy. Um, we had this debate on whether he'd ever be a world champion. Now he's a double world champion, so that's wild to even think about. Uh, so everybody's taking Kingston. Uh, we have a four way for the number one contendership or for a match of the future date or something like that. But it is the Young Bucks versus Lucha Brothers versus the Guns versus Orange Cassidy and Hook. I think it's Zach's turn to go first. All right, I'm going to go most likely to least likely. So most likely Young Bucks. I was laughing at that. That's fucking weird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that. Zach, I'm 5'8", 215 pounds, and I want to make love to the young bucks. <laughs> hey, I didn't say the young bucks. I said some young bucks. Oh, no, okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so. 
the the young bucks uh number two lucha brothers number three guns number four orange cassidy and hook uh i am you know what i just might be mega stoned i'm taking orange cassidy and hook as my most likely and then i'm taking the young bucks two lucha brothers three i'm taking the guns as the least likely he got jason yeah, this is definitely going to cause a little separation here. I'm going least likely, Casty and Hook. Um, I'm going... Uh, let's go Gucci Brothers 3, Bucks 2, Guns 1. Okay, and I have to admit, I was... Wait, what? you got the Guns as the most likely to win? Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, Zach, give me your ratings again. You had Young Bucks is most likely. Then Lucha Brothers, then Guns, then Orange Cassidy and Hook. Okay. Alright. Yeah. That I'm going to lose a whole bunch of points on that. Okay. Uh, Chris Dadlander versus Julia Hart for the TBS Championship. I'll go first here. Uh, I'm going to take Chris Dadlander until she loses. Uh, the What I call the Gunther rules. So I'm taking Chris Statlander. Who you got, Jason? Stone Cold, Lead Pipe, Knock of the Week. It's Chris Statlander. But who you got, Zach? Yeah, I got uh, Chris Statlander. Uh, Julia Hart's been nicely built up, but uh, she's also very young, and this will not this will be a minor roadblock for her. Um, yeah. Yeah, actually, I'm going to make that my Stone Cold, but Lead Pipe, Knock of the Week, too forgot about those uh so christian cage versus darby <laughs> allen for the tnt championship uh, i'm already laughing I, it, that match ain't even close to even here i'm already giggling uh jason who you got i'm taking christian cage um can't take the title off him right now darby's pretty teflon when it comes to situations like this um i expect edge to make his return to help uh, Christian Cage out and reform the Adam Copeland and Christian Cage show. So, yeah, I got Christian Cage. Zach, who you got? Yeah, I got I got Christian also. Okay, so Which we all... Which would be the guy to pin Christian Cage and be Darby Allen. Yeah, I got Christian Cage to win, too. Doesn't make any sense to put it on Darby right now. Uh, Christian Cage is like really doing like some of the best work of his entire career it's kind of crazy it's kind of crazy how good christian cage is right now hey man <clears throat> um let's go with mjf in a handicap match versus the righteous zach who you got um i have um man that's wild but i'm gonna pick uh mjf no fucking shit i'm taking the righteous uh, probably against my better judgment, but I, yeah, I'm going with the righteous. Jason, who you got? I know who should win. That's the righteous. But I know who's going to win, and that's MJF. Shit, that would be a. I mean, that would be a complete burial. They've been building them up. They've been giving them vignettes and shit. All right, okay. Uh, See Julia Hart, okay? 27 match winning streak. That's a little different. Uh, How's that different? Oh, I'll see her. (laughs) I'll see her for sure. FTR versus Aussie Open for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Jason, who do you have? I'm sorry. I was getting uh, a little Julia Hart boogie on. Um, 
And I really want to take FTR. I really do. But I'm going to go off script. I'm going to take Aussie Open and not even think about it. Give me Aussie Open. <laughs> How am I a pussy? I'm I've got. I'm go. I picked Aussie Open over FTR for Christ's sake. Zach, who you got? Aussie Open. Yeah, I mean, this is. I have Aussie Open also. You act like you're the fucking master of predictions around here. Don't don't act like you, you, this is just that slam dunk, and I'm just the idiot over here. I don't know. I just don't think it's that. Like you act like you're going like way out. You act you're acting like that's a crazy pick. It's like that seems like the a way pretty. Aussie Open's been booked. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, but they own one. That doesn't TK mean TK owes him one. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if he pays it up or not. Yeah, I mean, I'm picking Aussie Open, but actually, I'm thinking FDR. But, like, for the record, I'm picking Aussie Open. But if FDR wins, it wouldn't be I surprise. told you so. But I'm picking Aussie Open. What you mean, I told you so? But if FDR wins, I knew it. I knew it was going <laughs> to happen. This motherfucker. <laughs> you, can, you are so covering your ass at every turn. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really surprised about these predictions because I figured Zach would just throw everyone. Just stay at 69 for the rest of the year. <laughs> that was, that was, that's a three-beer move. I probably I probably would if I had any faith in my actual prediction. <laughs> we got Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland. Great, great go-home segment here. Man, if they don't put Swerve Strickland over, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. I'm taking Swerve Strickland. I was about to say, Chris Nana better be able to do his boogie on uh, Swerve comes back home to Seattle. I, both Seattle guys cannot lose. One has to win. Darby's the one, like I said, I think he's the most Teflon. This is a chance to make another star, TK. I'm taking Swerve Strickland. Swerve while I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the good old Zach, days. are you also swerving in our glory? Oh, no. Yep. <laughs> no. no. Everybody's taking Swerve you Strickland. You ain't shit. You ain't supposed to put that out there, man. We're putting good vibes for Swerve Strickland. You're putting it out a bad I'll fucking you, I'll tell you what. When I'm looking at this card, I was getting ready to say this is the match I'm looking forward to the most, and it's not. It's probably like number four. This is a loaded fucking card, man. Oh, I wouldn't see FTR versus rank him. Uh, there, wait, 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 yes, wait, till maybe, yeah, wait till he's finished, and then you can tell me what. And then finally, the we have Brian Danielson versus Zack Saber Jr. Uh, a dream match. I mean, literally a dream match for this podcaster. I've often said that there are my two favorite wrestlers, along with Kevin Owens, that are currently going. I cannot wait for this match. Very much looking forward to it. And I think it's going to be better than Danielson Okada. Uh, I think Sabre Jr. is... He's just incredible. And Brian's incredible. They're, they're, they're going to do something special. But I'm taking Brian Danielson. Here you got, Jason. Two best wrestlers technically in the world in one match. It's going to be... <laughs> something to see even though we've seen it before obviously but these two versions are vastly different than what we saw beforehand all that said i i i can't i, I gotta take zach saber jr on this um i get it 
dancing is just dressed outside of Seattle. I'm thinking more so of a bigger picture. ZSJ's belt is not on the there line, is right? no there is no belt on the line. It's just so there's bragging no rights. Time, there's no time limit. Yeah. Okay. It's just bragging rights. Um, who are you taking? I'm taking ZSJ. Yes. yes. Fuck yes. Uh, who you got, Zach? Uh, I got Brian Danielson. Uh, Danielson's probably going to win, but I I just I think it's it's more. <laughs> I think it's it it would benefit. Yes. That's Zach a really Saber good Jr. point. More if he won. I appreciate that as an arguing tactic. What's that? Being like, yes, I'm picking one, but if the other one's going to win. I'm just picking this one. I just did it on the same one before. I like it. I could, but Double you could down. you could see a le- legitimate way that Zach Saber Jr. can win. You could see that Brian Danielson win. It's a de- easily a pick 'em match. Well, what story is Brian Danielson trying to tell with his career? For the last year or so, it's the final run. So if he's, it, what's the story he's trying to tell? That he's going to win a bunch. You don't think he's going to put everybody over? Nah. Not everybody, I but I know. think Zach Saber. I think Jr. he's got one. Won. He's got one more run with the belt. Really? Ooh. Yes, I think before he retires, he is AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Wow, there was a hot take. Um, is it? I think it is. I, I, honestly, I think this is MJF and whomever else they want to put in front of him. But this is a good time to where if you want to have Brian Danielson go and wrestle whatever match he wants to wrestle for the next year or so, however long he has, this is the time for let him to do that shit. Let MJF be MJF and be world champion. Let Brian Danielson have his uh, matches that he wants to have. Uh, Zach, do you think that Brian Danielson has one more run with the belt before he retires? I'll give it 30% odds. Yeah, okay. What belt? Any belt? Or no, the, the world the the, the AEW title. He's the, he'll be the AEW champion. Or IWGP. He... Oh, oh, no. Okay, hang on. <laughs> no, 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 slow down now, motherfucker. No, he's got to be my boy at that to that spot, and we got a problem with that. TNA knockouts champ. <laughs> <laughs> WWF undisputed. undisputed. Shit, bring him back. <laughs> say bring him back. Twenty four seven. Four matches. <laughs> okay, that was our predictions. I was say, it, it can't be as uh, as hard as Man. Roman Reigns has been wrestling in twenty twenty four. Fuck, you can bring him back for that schedule. What the hell? All right, we got some birthdays this week. Steve Blackman. Love Steve Blackman. Feels like he's it's his birthday all the time. Yeah, I know. Well, we've been doing this a long time. <laughs> he's sixty. Jason Jordan is thirty-five. Candice LeRae is thirty-eight. Oh, Kurt Angle Jr. Chris Von Erich. R.I.P. I was getting ready to say I think he's R.I.P. I didn't want to go with that. Fifty-four. Cameron Grimes is thirty. Curtis, Where the fuck is he at? I don't know. Curtis Axel, forty-four. Or right, Michael McGillicuddy. Yes. You might know him as. Or um, what's his real name? Something. What the fuck's his real name? Honestly, I don't know. Uh, he's 44. Robbie Eagles is 40. Yokozuna. Definitely RIP. 57. God damn, that doesn't seem possible, right? He's, he's, a, only, big, he's he only, a big dude. He only would have been 57. Johnny TV, Johnny Morrison. Definitely alive. He's my age. He's 44. Chief Jay Strongbow, RIP. He is 95. And Abyss. Definitely alive. I think he's backstage. I think he works for WWE. WWE. Backstage, yeah. 50. You know what his real name is? 
should know this. He went by it for a while. Yeah, Kevin isn't, Sampson. Isn't it Chris Parks? Something like that. Uh, Joseph Parks. Joseph Parks. Joseph Parks. Cherokee Parks. <laughs> hey everybody we know there's a ton of podcasts to listen to so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast for my entire family check for tender mahal check. for murray the murray man murray for lucha chris for check. patriot pass double check for Vice, for Three Beers, Zach Pullman, Check. for Jason Cornelius Bell, I'm Bill Check. Everybody, Black Lives Matter. Triple Check. Support your local weed dealers. Check. Support your local restaurants. Check. Uh, you know, stay loose. Check. And never, ever forget to move the heels. Boo! Boo! Bitch!